Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Show, where every Friday we'll be covering another instalment in a classic horror franchise. Go to weirdgeeks.com and Weird Geeks on iTunes to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details and news on our very own feature films, albums, shorts and more that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Weird Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the film's reference and no infringement is intended. Hello and welcome back to the Wee Geeks Horror Show, where every single Friday we take you through another installment in the classic horror retrospective franchise. I'm your host, Al White, and as we wade out further into the murky waters, Alison Water... Alison Water... (laughs) (laughs) Cock! I'll change my name. Middle name Shark, last name Water. Alison Holland, the country. Alison (laughs) Sharkwater. I'm joined by Alexander Chard. (laughs) And the Thomas McCann. How are you doing? So we're done, we finished yours, and for the first time, I think in... Have we added anything before? I feel like we've maybe at some point added something just for the sake of it. I don't know. Not as wild as this little trip we're, we're going on. <laughs> we're off the fucking piste. We're going crazy here. Today we are talking about 2006, The Reef, the animated movie. <laughs> Sorry, Freddie yeah. Jr., John Reese davies <laughs> and Rob Schneider. <laughs> For Very a split excited. second there, when you said 2006, I had that like, you know that feeling in your stomach when you haven't done your homework? I was like, oh shit. <laughs> and then I just that was... Sped. Every single day of school for me for about five years. <laughs> Tom, would you, have, would you have said something or would you have just tried to bluff your way through the whole podcast? You know, I, I would that totally part. have bluffed it. Totally have tried to bluff it. I mean, how, how varied are these shark movies at the end of the day, you know? Well, The Reef, the 2006 animated kids film, The Reef has a, which is obviously just a Finding Nemo ripoff, has a, um, a secondary title, which is just called Shark Bait, which sounds a little. That's like also underwater from Nemo. sexy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's his. That's their nickname. The kid's nickname. Is it in the Finding kid's name? Nemo? Whose nickname is it? In the <laughs> tank in the dentist's office, they go shark bait. Hoo ha! Isn't it? Oh, little, that's little, right. Maybe it's been a long it's time. It's Nemo's. It's been a long. It's long Nemo's time. nickname. All right. All right. I believe you. <laughs> I'll I be just honest with you. Replayed it in my head. Uh, the Reef 2010 is, of course, what we're talking about. The Australian movie it gets a 5.8 out of 10 on the IMDb. The animated reef gets a 4.2, so honestly, not far off. <laughs> They're in the same ballpark. You know, it's a, it's a big jump back up after Jaws 3 and 4. Yeah. That's true. That is true. But before we get into that, if you're new to us, hello, welcome. Please head on out to We Are Geeks and all of the things that do all the things. And you can find us, you can subscribe to us, you can rate us. It helps us out a whole damn bunch because we do all this for free. We don't do patrons, we don't do banner ads. And as I can see my co-host's eyes scanning the room desperately for something to promote. We're not going to try and sell you any... Cactus posters. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Is that a thing? Yeah. Oh, you have a cactus. I have have a a succulent poster. Hmm. Where could I get one of those cactus posters? Because I can't get it here. Not here, <laughs> Alex. Thank you for asking. You can find it at Paper Source. Okay, I'll take a look. <laughs> we are not sponsored by Paper Source. <laughs> but feel free to reach out, Paper Source. What podcasts um, are sponsored by Paper Source? Because I'll go listen to them. 
<laughs> I only listen to like, I don't care what the content is. I just yeah. keep the sponsors out. <laughs> just people that Paper Source loves. Yeah. All right. Before we get into the actual movie, we'd like to look at the landscape that was somebody amongst this plethora of kind faces has the top 10 box office hits of the oh, world. Hello. The year 2010, only a decade ago. 2010, starting off at number 10, How to Train Your Dragon. Great movie. Yeah. Three films in that series now? Yeah, there are three. People fucking, people genuinely are like holding it up as one of the greatest trilogies of all time because they love the third one so much. Wow. I wasn't a big mm. fan of the third one or the second one. But I, I still haven't one. seen the third one. Haven't seen any of them. I was talking to someone recently about it who was watching the third one and loved it and I realized I constantly made a mistake in this because it's toothless and what's the dragon called? I think I thought the dragon was toothless. Well, that's what I thought. Oh, no, it is, isn't it? What's the um, guy called? The kid? Yeah. Hiccup. Hiccup, yeah. For some reason, whenever people said Hiccup, I just kept thinking that was a dragon. And I just had a whole conversation. I mean, they're both weird names, so it, us, like, it could go either way. Because I was like, yeah, Hiccup was created by the same person who created Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and it went on for about an hour before I realized my mistake. There you go. Glad we got that cleared up. <laughs> Alex was like, that was not interesting at all. Let's move on to the <laughs> Alex, you, sh- you should watch at least the first one. Okay, I'll do that. Coming in at number nine, another animated <laughs> film, Despicable Me. Ooh, another great one. Is it? <laughs> There's good lines in it. It's quotable. Katie just rewatched this the other day. There's so four of these now, right? Because of Minions. The Minions is a spin-off yeah, of this, so. right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Like, the Minions have I, overshadowed Despicable Me at this point, haven't they? Yeah, they have. A- absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I honestly think the best thing out of all four films is the first ten minutes of the Minions movie, when you get them through the history of time. <laughs> After that, just who cares? Who cares? You heard it here. Confirmed. It's like the beginning of Wolverine Origins, where it's just him like through time, like Highlander, and it's mm. fucking great. And you're like, this movie's going to be cool. No. <laughs> Can I Spoilers. have two hours no. of flashback? <laughs> <laughs> two hours of Wolverine running through time. Yeah. Oh, fuck, I would be all in for that. Coming in at number eight, another animated film, Tangled. Wow. Are you kidding me? I don't Three remember films much in this one. Yep. She's got long hair. Coming in at number that. seven. It's a nightmare during sex. Some say this is and the greatest the Marvel film of all time. Iron Man 2. <laughs> who says who, who, who says? Nobody, that? Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, someone does. It's the internet. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Let me just load uh, up Reddit here. I'll find someone. <laughs> Alex, will we, will we be covering Iron Man 2 at any point in our future? Uh, quite possibly. If we're ready little, to dive into the MCU. It could be a possible one there. Yeah. Coming number six, The Twilight Saga, Eclipse. Mm. Is that the third one? Tom, Tom's my Twilight Boy. That the, I think that's, that's the third one, isn't it? What's oh. the second? Tom, which the one's Twilight the one, Boy. Which one's the one from the director of Hard Candy? Because that's the good one. Oh, David Slade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. David Slade did the Twilight, yeah, Eclipse. This is it. So this this is my it's favorite. the third one. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Nope. This is my personal favorite. <laughs> Hunger Should Games number two, Twilight, next? Twilight number three. That's my, my pick. Yeah, What's the best Twilight film, Tom? First one. Interesting. First one's my personal favorite. Interesting. Yeah. Tom, I feel like I learn more and more about you every episode. I really <laughs> like it. But the Twilight you movies were like... Big fan of Twilight. They always came out on my birthday weekend. It was always like the weekend closest to my birthday. And I'd go to the cinema by myself on my birthday. It was like something I like to do in the morning time. So I was like, I'll go watch Twilight. And uh, I, just, I, really, I just really enjoyed it as a throwaway movie. So then it became like this little tradition. Every year I'd go and watch the new Twilight movie. And then that was, and then that was followed up by Hunger Games. 
Did you read the books too, or just go see no, them? No, I, ne- I never, I never read the books, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So. It's not crazy. No. I have that to look forward to. <laughs> His heart couldn't take it. <laughs> we'll we'll cover Twilight next, and Tom will be the host. He'll read all the books. Yeah, I'd be yeah, well up for that. I mean. yeah. <laughs> and Alex, how do you feel about the last two Hunger Game movies? Oh God, pieces <laughs> of shit. <laughs> You need anything else? No, that's good. That's enough. What's, what's up next? Solid description. Is Com- there a good movie in these top ten movies of twenty ten? Coming in at number five, Shrek Forever After. Apparently not. No. Let's keep going. <laughs> Coming in at number four, Inception. Oh, there we go. Yeah. So we're getting Do you know how cl- long it's been since I went back to Inception. Tell us. Yeah, I don't think I've ever. S- I don't think I ever. Or maybe, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's been like eight years or something. And I remember when I came out of the cinema, I was legitimately like, I was like, I'm not ashamed to say, I think that's one of the best blockbusters ever made. I was just like, that's what a big movie should be for me. Do, do you, you still, still stand by that? Yeah. Uh, it's been so long. Although I want to see it now. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to cinemas to see Tenet when it comes out. Fuck you, Nolan. I think you're being a dick. <laughs> but I am very excited for Tenet and I'm sure it'll be an excellent movie. Do you, but all these fan theories about Tenet being set in the Inception universe, like, obviously it's not. Nolan wouldn't do something like that. He's got way too much, like, he's, he's would not make a universe movie. Mm-hmm. Like, he's come out so much against Marvel movies and post-credit scenes and all that stuff. Like, there's no chance. But it does make me want to go back and rewatch Inception and Interstellar beforehand. Why? Because they're all part of the same universe. <laughs> in my head, they will be, <laughs> even if they're not in Nolan's. Yeah. <laughs> as long as a bookshelf somewhere is shaking in Tenet, then I've confirmed. Okay, hmm. got it. Number three, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, part one. Ooh. That's the final one, isn't it? We That's should the, cover uh, yeah, the, yeah, cool. the final next. two. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Ali would do Harry Potter for sure. I would maybe, do Harry Potter. Maybe Sean would. Third one's the best one. Third one is the best one. You are right. Which one's the third one? Goblet of Fire? No. No, that's yeah, fourth. It's one that's from the director of Azkaban. Not the worst. The first yeah. two and then that one. It's one with yeah. Gary Oldman. It's from, from the director Ooh, yeah. of Gravity. That one and, is good. Yeah. And your mother too. And Alfonso. Yeah. Oh, now and I your go mother too. Eat to mama mia. <laughs> so that was just under the billion dollar mark. Our top two films both hmm. crack the billion dollar mark worldwide. Coming in it's at number two. has got to be a Marvel one in there. Alice well, in Wonderland. God damn. It's number Ooh, wow. two. That was a piece of shit. And the number one film. Actually, it's Iron Man 2. They can't be too Marvel. I will give you some clues. It is number three in this uh, series of films. Oh. There's four in this series. It was the first computer animated film. Toy Story. Yep. Toy, Toy Story, Story 3. It's ah. mm. a lot of animated Man, movies. That's a, yeah. Yep. And only one great one. <laughs> yeah, so we had one, two, three, four, five. I mean, Alice wow. in Wonderland's almost animated. Yeah, that's a, hor- that's a ghastly, <laughs> just aberration. Yeah. Call it five and a half. I gotta be honest, that's maybe the worst year <laughs> of top ten I've ever heard. There Inception's you go. like the only thing that gets me excited. Yep. Um, oh, thank you, Alex. That was illuminating as always. Somebody here has the spookies, though, because the Reef of the Course, the spookiest of the spookies. Is well, it the spookiest Jaws 3D? We'll find out. Hopefully, this list will get you excited, Al, because there's a lot on here that got me very excited at the time and both now, just looking through it. So let's start with the originals, the original movies. Uh, let's start with the adjectives. There was atrocious. <laughs> this is found footage Spanish movies. Pretty good. Yeah. There was Insidious. Alex and I have accidentally covered this entire series when we did The Conjuring and we watched Ax- previous movies. 
<laughs> yeah, we just decided to review them all in like two sentences. <laughs> I love the first Insidious movie. I really don't. Alex, you quite liked it. Yeah, I enjoyed the. I enjoyed two as well. Yeah, that's yeah. terrible. You yeah. really love Patrick Wilson, didn't you, Al? When he when he gets possessed. I love Fuck. Patrick Wilson. I love that man, and I hate mm. him in that movie. <laughs> Then we have Frozen, the uh, much-loved Disney uh, animated. <laughs> I mean, that movie, the Disney movie is more terrifying to me than the Adam Green mm. movie. This is a good movie. We liked this yeah. one, haven't we, Tom? I yeah. haven't seen it since Fright Fest, but people stuck in a ski lift. We had a lot of goodwill towards Adam Green around 2010, you know? Yeah. Now, now we don't. <laughs> no, we don't. No, no. <laughs> uh, uh, Stakeland. This at the time was a big deal. It even got a sequel. Hmm. It was like this vampire road trip indie horror movie that actually caused quite a stir at the time. And now I think everybody's forgotten about it. Hmm. Uh, Here's a movie I had forgotten about. Wes Craven's My Soul to Tick. Yeah, I mean, R.I.P. Wes Craven, Hmm. but that wasn't a bad movie. This was a good movie, though. Surely you agree with this. Tucker and Deal versus Evil. Oh, Legitimately in my top five horror comedies of all yep. time. Maybe even top three, because there aren't that many that are that good. This is like almost, it's not quiet, but it's like just below Shaun of the Dead. What a fun yep. ride. I'd agree with that. I haven't seen that. Oh, it's really good. Um, also, something else I thought was really good, The Last Exorcism. Yeah, big budget found footage, really good. Yeah. We're on to the thus now. We have The Ward. John Carpenter movie with Amber Heard. Mm-hmm. It's all right. We have The Silent Huss. Uh, this is either the original I think it's the original that year and then the remake that's like the single that's just, yeah that's the original that's the Spanish one yeah 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 it's good and then we go over to Mexico for We Are What We Are see we saw this at Fright Fest and I know lots of people love it mm. I don't remember really anything about this movie I quite like but. that one yeah. and then we didn't see this at Fright Fest even though we were meant to that year a Serbian film <laughs> no wait no we did a Serbian film was at Fright Fest for no, sure no they didn't show it it was banned they weren't allowed to show it it was meant to be but then they didn't show it but we didn't they add a date at some point because yeah. I remember like because they because they got pulled and then they got put on again. I definitely saw it in the cinema uncut it was yeah it, was, it wasn't that, that it wasn't that weekend no. No, I had, I had, to, I had to get like some like rip of it mm. I mean that's a filthy movie that is a filthy movie <laughs> then we're going on to the remix with I Spit on Your Groove Ali yeah I Spit on Your Grave <laughs> everybody's rushing in that movie <laughs> The remake of The Crazies. I'm going to have to get to this at some point because we did the Romero films and Christina Haruka and I are going to do the remakes. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let Me In. I like, I mean, I, obviously it's not, you know, it's completely defunct because of, you know, uh, Let the Right One In is amazing. So why even remake it? But just taken by itself, I think Let Me In is actually a very beautiful, lovely film. See, I've never, I like Let the Right One In so much that I've never watched Let Me In. And I don't mm, know if fair. I ever will. So. And here, I haven't seen this either. A Nightmare on Elm Street remake. You've never seen a Nightmare on Elm Street nope. remake? No. No, it's never got around to it. I mean, I definitely would. I just, just, just passed me by. I mean, we covered it, Alex and I. We'll probably cover Mixed it again. Mixed feelings. Yeah, we mm. probably will. <laughs> uh, it was a case I, of so close yet so far. <laughs> it's one of those ones whenever you start it you're like oh I'm gonna like this which is how I feel I think about every plan I'm doing this remake you're like oh yeah this is the time where I'm gonna love this and then you get through it you're like I kind of nah. hate this and I don't know why mm. so that was a remix now we have sequels this, starting with a sequel to a remake 2001 Maniacs Field of Screams it's Robert England he was Robert England's in the first one of these yeah. isn't he I don't know yeah, 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 yeah. then we have 30 Days of Night Dark Days 
Again, first one's good. That's mm -hmm. Davis Slade as well, isn't it? The first one, the yeah. hard candy Twilight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then we have more Adam Green with Hatchet Two. He did two films that year. Mm-hmm. Apparently so. Paranormal Activity Two. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to them. Alex is very excited. Oh well, there's Param Paranormal Activity Tokyo Night was also the same year. Yeah, this is the reason. How is it kind of an unofficial? <laughs> yeah, this is the reason we haven't done it yet because it's tricky. It's tricky getting that version with subtitles. Okay, then we have the threequels. Piranha 3D. Been there. We've covered it. We've been there and jumped it. Done it. Saw, Saw 3D. We will never cover this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Cold Prey 3. But we will say that every time. Oh, first we will yeah. cover Cold Prey. Cold Prey 3. And the Tom, no one ever wants to do Cold Prey with me. Can you just vouch? Like, Cold yeah. Prey is fucking Cold great. Cold Prey is great. Yeah. The first one is anyway. The first two are good. I don't remember the yeah. third one. Yeah. Third one's meh. But the yeah. first two are great. Uh, Old and the Chris Martin, Coldplay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you totally should have cameoed in this. <laughs> the Child's Eye 3D. No idea, but I mean, yeah, they're the Eye movies, which the the Pang Brothers uh, did. The first two are excellent, and yeah. then they go off the rails massively. These they're Thai films, right? Yeah, but they're actually directed by Hong Kong directors. Right? Yeah, they are Thai movies. Uh, and then we have one four, four quill, uh, Resident Evil Afterlife. Is that a fourth one? Yeah. I mean, mm. maybe one day we'll get to Resident Evil. I doubt it. And then the I, ninth movie in the Puppet Master franchise, Axis of Evil. Oh, we'll get to Puppet Master. Mm. There's like 20 of them. Yeah. There's like a Puppet Master <laughs> every year. And I've never seen any of them. So that's yeah. what I'm kind of like Fun. terrified of. And that is your horrors. Thank you, Thomas. So what we're learning is that the movie The Reef is coming in the middle of a lot of sequels, a lot of found footage. Definitely the rage at the time, just kicking off. What other... Is there any other factors in there? Any well, other? no, that's the thing that stuck out to me was just like a lot of remakes, a lot of sequels. That was kind of like the heyday when everything was just like started to revamp, go and get old yeah. properties and redo it. And you had all these great sort of foreign horror movies coming through and just churning out American remakes of them. Into that, you get an Australian movie called The mm. Reef. I have a question about the spooky list. Do you? Slash relevant to Al. Uh, I was about to call him Al. You're technically also Al. Alex's top ten list. Are there any animated spooky movies? There are. They're few and far between. There's animated anthology horror called Fears of the Dark. Um, there's actually there's some really terrible Night of the Living Dead remakes done in animation as well, including hmm. an anthology one. And well, one actually where different fans animated like three minutes, so that you remake the entire Night of the Living Dead and it keeps changing animation style, which I love the idea of. Not an execution. <laughs> no, there are some Resident Evil movies that are more horror based, closer to the video games. They're CGI. Mm. Tom, what am I missing? I don't know. <laughs> shrug. shrug. <laughs> the the highest grossing out of the ones on that horror list was Resident Evil Afterlife. Ah, yeah. that kind of makes sense. That's a good. It's a good. I feel like question. there is one. I feel like there's one that was popular a few years ago that I can't quite remember. Well, actually, there's actually. For, I know everyone's all excited for um, Peninsula, the sequel to Train to Busan, uh, but there's already a sequel Ooh. to Train to Busan called Seal Station, which is actually oh, from wow. the same director, and that's animated. Oh, oh cool! Yeah. Oh, cool! Um, I'm watch that tonight. That. Yeah. If you want a kids' horror movie that's animated, Monster House, I think, is actually a good kids' yeah, sort of, like, it is good. Goonies star. Hmm. Uh, oh, there's some based on video games, actually. Yeah, there's Dead, Dead Space Space. has an animated one. Uh, actually, Rob Zombie did an animated movie, but I don't know if I'd call it horror. It's just bizarre. 
Sounds uh, like Rob Zombie. Yeah. And then obviously, I mean, if you want to get into horror, horror, you'd have to go to Japan. Obviously, there's loads of anime that is full mm. on horror, uh, like proper horror. But cool. with, yeah, American stuff, not so much because... There's got to be comedy or a children's theme to it. Yeah, exactly. Excellent question, though, Ali. Thank you. Yeah, if, I, there was, if there was a good one, that would be a great series to do. Yeah, that would be really fun. In addition to questions, I also have some facts, if you're ready Look at for you. them. You just, you just turn in that boat's mast and I'm just taking over because I know you'll forget, so I may as well jump in and announce I it. am the lurching shark <laughs> from the water, and you're just spearing me with your facts. Yep. We're going to start with attack facts. <laughs> yeah, I like the attack facts. Since the three sharks that attack humans the most are great whites, tiger sharks, and bull sharks. Yum, yum, yum. I'm going to talk about the differences in those three sharks, both in their body shapes and how that affects the ways that they attack. So great whites, we all know, we see them in movies all the time. They've got the cone-shaped nose. Uh, And another important part that also affects the way they hunt and differentiates them from other sharks, specifically these two, is that their tail is pretty evenly distributed in terms of size of the top fin to the bottom fin on the tail. Great whites typically burst up from underneath their prey, hitting the prey before they even know that they're around. They are very much surprise hunters. Tiger sharks can look similar to great whites. They can be similar in length, but even if you were to take a tiger shark and a great white that were both 14 feet, great whites are much bulkier. They're, they tend to be wider than tiger sharks. And tiger sharks also have much blunter noses and their top fin of their tail is much longer than the bottom fin. So tiger sharks typically hunt at night and they drift slowly through shallow water with very small movements. And once they're within range of their prey, they snap their tail, which propels them forward really quickly, either killing or incapacitating their prey. I remember seeing a documentary once um, of a tiger shark that, that was being tracked in Hawaii. And they mm-hmm. filmed it uh, attacking a sea turtle and it bit through its shell. Whoa. Gnarly. It was fucked up. That's crazy. Uh, um, is it only, Ali, is it only the great white shark that has a telepathic communication with its victims? Does that, <laughs> does that go across? Telepathically, they also <laughs> prefer every member of one yeah. family at a time. <laughs> right. Where's Tiger, they where's won't tiger Sharks? Anything else until they've killed they really off. They fixate on their victims. Okay. Yeah. Whereas Tiger Sharks really just do it by email and they go on forums. <laughs> <laughs> They're much more like tech savvy, whereas the great white is a fucking hippie. (laughs) Bull sharks, I'm excited to see what you create for bull sharks after this, are very stout in appearance. Don't set people up for failure, Allie. What? Get ready. Start preparing. I'm excited for your humor. (laughs) Be be funny. No pressure. (laughs) Bull sharks are very stout in appearance. Their length to width ratio is pretty comical if you look up photos of them. And they also have very, very blunt heads with a similar type of tail as tiger sharks with the longer top fin to bottom fin. Bull sharks are interesting. They are actually more aggressive than great whites or tiger sharks. And they tend to swim where we swim. So they live in coastal areas. In in the swimming pool? (laughs) They swim in the swimming pool. No, they live much closer to where humans would be swimming or surfing and they can survive for longer periods of time in freshwater than most sharks. 
they have something in their body that allows them to retain the salt so they can survive longer. But based on statistics, great whites attack the most humans, then tiger sharks, then bull sharks. But a lot of scientists actually believe that the numbers are misrepresented for bull sharks because they think people tend to misidentify them when they're attacked by a shark. They typically mm. assume it's either a great white or a tiger before they assume it's a bull. I, I got to think most people would be like, if they got attacked by a shark, be like, that was a fucking great white because everybody's yeah. just, because Jaws is just so ingrained in this sort of... Right. Sp- and every yeah. shark movie, the shark is a great white. Yeah. And you'd sound well. like a bit of a wimp if you said bull shark. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the, we think that we, us scientists, I'm not a scientist, <laughs> think that bull shark attacks are actually higher than what's reported. But the way that bull sharks attack is they typically headbutt their prey before attacking with a chomp, which I think is oh. fun. A nice little warning. Yeah. yeah. So they're like, coming they're like in. A- they're like the British shark, basically, just after a night out at the pub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just fucking give, give them a good... Giving you a heads up yeah. and then... A little headbutt. Munch. So that's your attack fact. Moving on oh. to conservation facts. Love it. There are 143 species of shark that are on the endangered species list, and they are classified under different levels of endangerment, mm-hmm. which I didn't know what those levels were, so I'll list them out quickly for you from least important to extinct. So it starts with not evaluated, data deficient, least concern, near threatened, vulnerable, endangered, critically endangered, extinct in the wild, and then extinct. And where on that list would the human race come at the moment, Ali, in current situations? (laughs) Least concern. (laughs) So some of the sharks on this list, I tended to stick with more well-known by name. Great whites, which are listed as vulnerable. Basking sharks, also listed as vulnerable. Whale sharks are listed as endangered. Bull sharks, near threatened. Bull sharks, near threatened. Six different species of hammerhead, which are vulnerable. And 13 species of angel sharks, which I don't think people are as familiar with, but you should look up pictures of them. And they are critically endangered. Great whites are certainly vulnerable to being blown up and set on fire. Yeah. Smoky eyeballs, they're very flammable. (laughs) They should really work on their immune systems. (laughs) (laughs) They've got great immune systems, Al. Uh, Fun facts. Great whites can live up to 70 years, similar to a human lifespan, while Greenland sharks are the longest living sharks, and they can live between 300 and 500 years. Whoa. That's That's too long. It's very That's long. long enough to hold a grudge and then forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they don't kill the whole family thread. Uh, yeah. Second fun I fact. I killed your great, great, great <laughs> grandfather, Jebediah <laughs> Brody. don't give a shit about you. <laughs> Second fun fact. Shark tourism generates more than 300 million U.S. dollars every year. Uh, sharks oh. boost local economies through ecotourism. Over the last several decades... As public fascination has risen with sharks, it's developed into a very thriving ecotourism industry in places like South Africa, the Bahamas, and the Galapagos Islands. And they support different businesses like cage diving, boat rentals, and diving tour companies. Are it's we going said, cage diving after this podcast? I would love to. <laughs> yeah, me too. Let's Al? do it. I'm fine. No, I'm no, no. Al you get will, on the boat, Al? I will go on the boat and watch from there. Oh, this is a big, big boat, yeah. And I've got some Dramamine. Technically, being in a shark cage is probably safer right now than walking down a street in L.A. Oh, That's yeah, true. For sure. Yeah. For 
But I do that in a cage too, Tom. So ah. <laughs> How do you walk in a cage? Just a, just a, just a two meter bubble all around. I would refer Give you to really the clip I sent you last night from the film Bait, <laughs> where a man walks in a cage. That's what I was thinking, yeah. All right, those are your facts this week. Thank you, yeah. Ali. That was fantastic. Thank I you. I feel Ali. that we had fun while learning, which is the goal <laughs> of any, any moment like this. Um, all right, let's talk about this goddamn movie, The Reef 2010, that we all picked at the end. I do want to say to people, surprise, uh, we, we had a t- change of heart. We decided after watching the trailer for this, they're like, well, just in case, let's do another one as well. And then we thought, you know what makes sense? The Reef is representing Jaws... The spooky side, low budget and actually going for some tension. And I would argue from all of the shark options we had to, to cover, this is the only one really that gives some proper tension. Um, and then we're like, let's also cover one then that, that does the summer blockbuster and based on a book, because that's the other side of Jaws, obviously. Uh, so we're going to be doing the Meg next week. So you're getting not one, two, two free episodes. I mean, they're all free. And they're all free. You're getting yeah. lots of free episodes. <laughs> you're getting too many free episodes. So we're going to balance this out. But before we get to the make, we are going to talk about the reef. So this movie was Australian. It's Australian. Still is. Uh, it was directed <laughs> by Andrew Trauke. Trauke? Yeah, mate. There it is. <laughs> I'm so happy to have an Australian on this show with us. To yeah, just... no worries, mate. I'll translate <laughs> for you guys. If you, did, if you didn't use subtitles, I'll translate for you. I tried to use subtitles and they were not available. <laughs> did you really? Yeah. Uh, That's all right. I can translate for you what it all means. (laughs) Um, So, Tom, you know, we know this director. He did Blackwater that we saw at the aforementioned Fright Fest. Is that the Uh, crocodile one or the alligator one? Yeah, it's the one about some people up a tree. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize this is the same dude. Same dude. That's the film he did just before this one. He loves Uh, water and animals. He loves them so much because he did the ABCs of death. Hmm. He did a movie called The Jungle, which I haven't seen that one. But looking at it on the old IMDb, it's an Indonesian forest demon stalks the members of an expedition group on a mission to locate and tag the mythical Javan leopard. Could translate that one for you too. (laughs) It sounds like fun. And now, right now, Tom, he's doing, he's in post-production on on a sequel to Blackwater. Oh. Uh, which is called Blackwater Abyss. And you can he watch the ran right out of ideas online. and he's like, fuck it, I'll go back to the first movie and see if I can scrape that barrel. This is about some cave divers who go splunking and then they end up trapped in a cave, a watery cave with a whole bunch of alligators. It, well. better be, it better be one of the same alligators from the first movie. <laughs> <laughs> Tom has new requirements for... <laughs> Much like this. I think the first one was based on true story. I've got to be honest, that trailer looks a little cheap. But the stuff to do with the crocodiles does look cool. So. This is also written by him. It's DP'd by Daniel Ardilly, who's not really done anything before. Uh, we're going to learn in a minute. This is his first feature film, DP'ing. Music by Raphael May, uh, who also did Blackwater, did, did I Am Woman, which is a fairly big movie. Starring uh, only six people. Damien Walsh Howling as Luke. Uh, this person was in Bike Club, The Time of Our Lives, Underbelly, and of course, I mean, I don't know if Americans know these things, but Australian soap operas when I was growing up in England, rife. Like it was all neighbors and home and away. Constantly. Yep. Yep. People love it in the UK, yep. those two so shows. I, they really do. That was like a thing you watch every single day when you're growing up. Uh, yeah, he was, of course, in Neighbors. Uh, Guyton? G- How would you say G Y T O N? Guyton, Geaton, I don't know. Geaton Grantly is Matt, who's in House Husbands, Underbelly, and guess what? Home and Away. <laughs> Adrian Pickering as Susie, 
who was in the movie Shutter, uh, a small role in that. She was in the movie Knowing. Remember that one with Nicolas Cage running mm. around? She's in a small role in that. She was also in Neighbours. So let me just say... Home and Away. So for Australian, yeah. for Australian <laughs> actors, if you don't go to drama school and then kind of get your break by going to a respected drama school, going to theatre, transitioning into film and TV, then the Australian equivalent, like the, the, the second thing you would do as an Australian actor is, yeah, Home and Away or Neighbours. Oh, I left Australia when I was... 21 i hadn't auditioned for any of those shows my career goal is to do it in reverse is to build a big international <laughs> career and then go back to australia and appear in home away or neighbors i believe in you alex i think that's a dream worth living uh we've got zoe naylor as kate who was in home and away uh we have kieran darcy smith as warren who's in the duel which is a, a western sorry directed the movie the duel which is woody harrelson uh, kind of a cool western actually hmm. uh, but don't worry was also in home and away <laughs> and then we got mark simpson as shane who all i could really find was in resident evil the final chapter in some small role was not in home and away or neighbors so he's, not doing it right so he's got the same career like, plan as me they could have once the director had these actors it could have been like let's just make this in the home and away neighbors universe and you all play your characters oh, yeah. and you've all gotten cool. together i'll be honest when we kick off that's what it feels like tom <laughs> You know, I that. wouldn't put it past Home and Away, certainly, because that's set by the beach. I'm sure they've done, like, a shark storyline. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you know what's yeah. really haunting me? Because I hate soap operas and how much he... I never really watched Home and Away. I watched Neighbours when I was a kid. I remember both those theme tunes. <laughs> you oh, and yeah. I belong <laughs> together. You and I forever and never. <laughs> no matter where you are, I'm your guiding star. Can you do Neighbours? Al, why didn't you join in? Neighbours. Everybody, everybody needs good neighbours. With a little understanding. understanding. Oh, what you can find the perfect blend. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, what was his name? Harold? Oh, yeah. Harold, yep. I mean, he was yeah. like a big jowly kind of guy. Yeah. And yeah. he died and then came back and they brought him back. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then he came back and then he got amnesia and then they died yeah, again yeah. and then he came back and yeah. oh, um, fucking nightmare. Yeah. Anyway, the reef uh, budgeted that. <laughs> now, I'm going to ask you all, if any of you have water near you, a drink that's about to go in your mouth, keep it well away for the next sentence. Budgeted at $35 million. What? Is that no. for real? No, I'm only fucking with you. That's Australian dollars, right? <laughs> Well, if, it was, if that was Australian, it'd still be $25 million, <laughs> which is, you know, enough. Um, no, I'm not fucking with you. $35 million, uh, which is $25 million Australian. Uh, sorry. Oh, I thought you were about to million, say $25 sorry. million too much. It's $25 million, I believe it's $35 million Australian dollars, which is, yeah, $25 million US dollars. Those home and away and neighbors actors do not come cheap. Apparently. Well, that's what I was, I was like, not, no spoilers for the film. But afterwards, I said this to Katie, and she's like, what the fuck is happening? And I was like, presumably the rights to this true story cost $24 Jesus. million. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I found the uh, story for the true story. I'll get that to that at the end. Uh, box office, $125 million uh, worldwide. So it did actually pretty, pretty well. Yeah. Um, yeah, surprised we haven't had more Reef movies. It was shot over five weeks at Port Lincoln in South Australia and Bowen. Uh, Harvey Bay and Lady Elliot Island, Queensland, Australia. It was indeed a debut feature film for the cinematographer and the editor and a, de a debut lead role for Damien. 
And yes, as Alex kind of just floated with it, it was based on a true story of Ray Boundy, who was the sole survivor of a similar incident in 1983. And we'll get a little bit more into that at the end, I guess, uh, once we've seen how the film deals with it. Hmm. A thing with this movie that they were very proud of, because it was getting into, well, it wasn't, it was only 10 years ago. But while in production, they streamed online on the 5th of November to market the film, like everything that they were doing on set and how they were shooting and all that stuff, which they were very proud of. Um, and the director had to kind of settle this up so that people could go online and they thought it was excellent marketing. Which, to be fair, they made a lot of money, so maybe it was. And yeah, as Ali was saying, tourism gets scared of these movies getting made. Open Water had just been made soon, uh, recently before this, which was also based on True Story, and had affected the tourism in the local areas. And Australia, uh, well, particularly North Queensland, were also worried that this movie was going to do a similar thing of making people too scared to get in the water. Because I will say, yeah, I just rewatched Bait and other things. Like It seems to be, Alex, you can correct me if I'm wrong, if you're in anywhere in Australia and you put your foot near liquid, there's going to be a shark nearby. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Even if you put your foot next to a water bottle. Yeah. So before Bethany and I moved here to the US, we had lived in Australia together for 18 months. It was the first time Bethany had lived there. And we lived near the ocean. And towards the end of our stay there, she was just getting confident enough to go out and swim without me and go to the beaches and stuff like that. And was really enjoying it, enjoying that lifestyle. And then literally two weeks before we left... They had to close the beaches because there was a tiger shark that kept sort of patrolling these main beaches. And at one point, a dolphin washed up to shore with a huge chunk of its midsection missing. <laughs> so, yeah, that kind of ruined it for her. And if people don't know what Bethany looks like, she's very similar form to a dolphin. To a dolphin. So. <laughs> um. <laughs> Tom, you lived in Australia for a bit as well, didn't you? I did, yeah. I mean, from my experience, Australians don't seem too bothered about sharks or anything. Well, because they the have water. like eight million other dangerous animals. Well, that was to be it. Like, yeah, they like, so. um, my my one of my flatmates was a marine biologist, and she went up to um oh, to do, cool. a, do a thing up in the the reef, and like she came back and was telling me these stories about, and I had never heard about the jellyfish. They're oh yeah, like one of the most poisonous venomous jellyfish. creatures in the world. Yeah. Like, yeah. and if you get stung by it, like, you're pretty much dead within 24 hours. Or if you survive, mm-hmm. you're in agonizing pain for that entire time. And I was yeah. like, holy shit, like, this sounds, this sounds, like, awful. Like, I mean, what are these things? Like, are they huge and they have fangs and claws? And it's like, no, no, they're, they're like, the size of, like, you know, a, a, a penny. Oh, yeah, and they're see-through. It's like, what? That's just like... Yuck. Yeah, man, like, this, yeah, there's a lot of things in Australia in general that can fuck you up. Unlike, I, I was like, after I heard that story, I was like, sharks are the least of my worries if I go into the water <laughs> up there, you know. And I, I think like the general attitude in Australia is that we all respect and know that when we enter the ocean, we're not in our domain. And mm. so everyone's generally like, well, if it's going to get me, it's going to get me because, you know, we're, we're not in our... it. <laughs> Yeah. For this quick um, dip. <laughs> yeah, so I, I feel pe- people have a healthy respect. And that's why you never see the sort of uh, attitude of people in Amity, even though that's just a, hmm. a film and a book. But if, if someone's killed by a shark in Australia, there's no rush to go out and kill a shark. Like, let's go find it. You know, mm-hmm. people are generally, you know, concerned by the tragedy and will think of ways to, to create greater and safer environment for people to see swim in that doesn't harm any sharks um, well, i think you're right it does come from like 
what you're all saying. Like, there's just so many other things. Like, on land, there's things to worry about as well. So it's like you're just in constant respect of the environment that you're in. There was there, there was something in this movie that was reminding me of a similar, not similar thing, but sort of similar thing that happened to me when I was there. We were in a beach, like, up in uh, sort of, like, north of Sydney. And uh, it was, like, this little lagoon, sort of paddling about or whatever. And uh, all of a sudden, there was, like a, like, a fin sort of relatively close by and I like fucking shit myself and like start fucking you know going straight for the ocean turns out it was just a dolphin just a nice playful dolphin yeah. nipping around but I was like Finn like are you fucking serious like get the fuck out cause you know yeah, I'm I've here, had like, a moment I, just um, sharks are you know terrified like growing up when I'd surf we'd see a lot of dolphins and stuff and even to this day like there's not a, a single moment where, I, where I'll go out for a surf or a swim and not think about a shark for a split second yeah. or be sitting on my board and look down and think this could be something swimming underneath me. The only scary experience I've had was, yeah, often seeing dolphins, you'd see the fins and you'd kind of be like, okay, it's, it's, it's fine. But I had one experience where I was on my board and I was sitting just uh, at the back waiting for the next waves to come through, next set to come through. And from the corner of my eye, I saw this dark shadow like approaching my board and had that same feeling of just like shitting myself and being like, fuck, this is, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit me. It's coming straight at me. And then seeing it just swim right underneath and it, and it was a dolphin, but it was <sighs> massive. And like yeah. you're seeing it under there and you're seeing the shadow and then just thinking, imagine a shark that's bigger than that. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that feeling of it just being right there. It's so, yeah. It's Didn't stop crazy. you from surfing, though, did it? Straight cool. out the next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so just for clarity, I've seen the reef before a couple of times. It's been a while, Tom. I don't think I have, actually. I thought I did. Really? I, th I thought I had. And there was bits in the movie that seemed familiar. But on the whole, I, there's so little I've remembered that I guess I must not have seen it. Or else I'm just, okay. like, really losing my memory now, which is also possible. <laughs> Yeah, it's probable let's mm. be honest uh, Alex similar to, to Tom actually where I went into it thinking I hadn't seen it and then there were bits that felt familiar and I was kind of going back and forth throughout the whole thing where I was like have I seen this this bit I feel like I remember this bit and so I don't know if, okay. yeah something Alex I had not seen this okay cool so you were appreciative of Alex's uh, spoiling the ending for <laughs> it wasn't well he didn't really spoil the ending for me all I saw in his text was that it was based on a true story and he found the article based on it. Um. As soon as Al told me, I deleted the message. <laughs> I saw that you then deleted it and I was like, oh, Al must have gotten back. Oh, is that the look I... Because yeah. <laughs> he got he got all excited and was looking up the article and doing nice things for the podcast. Because I, I, forgot, I, I yeah. forgot as well that I was watching it sort of two days ahead. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, because also then now when you're like, are we recording this podcast tomorrow i was like oh yeah shit you probably haven't watched it yet anyway we'll get to that article all right then let's get into the movie itself we open on an aerial shot of a reef as a ridiculously tacky title comes up yep. and then a subheader saying based on true events which i don't know if i've ever seen under the fucking title of the movie like it was so tacky that my whole heart just sank <laughs> Yeah, there were some bad titles. 
that was yikes. And then we get bubbles and very, very TV, uh, TV movie music. I'm going to say a criticism straight away that is going to carry throughout the film. The music is really bad. Well, really I bad. disagree with you. One of my notes was I thought the music was actually all right. There's certain oh, parts terrible. of the score that I thought were really good. I thought it was good when it stopped, which oh. it does quite a lot for the tense moments, which yeah. I appreciate it. I thought there was um, some very deliberate kind of homage to John Williams's um, mm. Jaws theme. Sure. There's a lot of like... Yeah, like, was there was like, a lot of like those kind of cello, uh, like a bow cello, sort of like long notes at certain points um, when they were in the capsized book. I'll backtrack and clarify slightly, which is that all of the stuff that isn't horror-based is fucking atrocious. Oh, okay. The stuff that's uh, horror-based right. has moments, yeah, like fair has enough, moments. Fair, but fair. like all of this stuff, which is the first, you know, half an hour of the movie, whatever, it's just so gratingly. And I felt like, and I hadn't looked up the actors by this point, but I was like, from the writing, the way it's shot, from the actors, from the music, I was like, are we in Home in a Way? Like, it's genuinely just like, it felt so TV grade. And yeah, we're introduced to, yep, soap opera looking handsome man who's waiting at a little airport um, as he's smiling creepily. <laughs> yeah, they go to a close <laughs> shot and Bethany and I were both like, it looks like he's, he's wanking. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like they went to a tight shot and he's kind of like going, <laughs> it's oh like he was, I don't know if he's moving his hand or something. It it's the only so way weird. the actor does his close ups. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird it was I noticed really that weird. at the start actually like in the first it was maybe just I noticed it for the first 10-15 minutes yeah they, they always shot him like really close like so his yeah. chin is like out of the frame I, like, I think because he's because like, he's, he's really he was, small yeah because he was it, yeah. he's quite short because yeah. when you do get those occasional wides of him with yeah. the other actors he's a short little man well they're just like man. look how handsome <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. look at the intensity and it's really weird because yeah, he's watching these people get off this tiny little plane and one of them's just this blonde lady and he's just like smiling so creepily at her. Sorry, <laughs> like, they are both blonde ladies who That's I true. had a very hard time differentiating for the first half hour of this movie. Yeah, I thought those two were sisters for they, a big yeah. chunk of it. They're but both they're not, blonde, right? they have the same color eyes, they have the same length of hair. Both yeah. Australian. It's like, could you have like at least had one had long hair, maybe? Yeah. This is how all women in Australia are, Ali. I don't know if you know this. They're all just blonde, similarly length hair. One of them looks mildly more like like an elf. That's the only way. <laughs> she's got slightly more like she's much paler. It took right. a while for me to be able to like find a, some characteristics that I could be like, okay, that is this one. Yeah. Well, okay. So he's meeting his friend who has his girlfriend with him and then also his sister who it's going to turn out he used to date she's called Kate and yeah we're immediately playing into the history as soon as they get off the plane yeah and again what I've written down here is terribly cheesy music we know what we're in for and just yep. a feeling of oh I'm glad that we're going to do the make again next week was really like where <laughs> I was at at this point I was like I'm happy this isn't how we're ending things at this point this opening was a bit of a it just felt like a bit of a drag for me <laughs> <laughs> there was also a point though where I was like there was something about it the quality of maybe their inter interaction where I was like ooh it made me think of found footage and then I was wondering are there any shark found footage films there are mm. 
We'll get to them in the wrap-up. Um, Excellent. The misnomer of that is open water, which isn't actually found footage, yeah. but was sold as found footage, mm. right. horror, which is very strange. There is, like, actually in the open water universe, though, the third open water film is a found footage film, which is called Cage Dive. But the weird thing with the open mo- water movies is neither open water 2 nor open water 3 were made to be open water movies. They just got bought up and then labeled as such and released as those. I like the way you said um, the open water universe, a.k.a. the ocean <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there's fucking three movies and only one of them was made to be an open water movie. It's so like, I don't know, it's a weird, weird series. And the second one doesn't even have a shark in it, Tom, does it? They're just trying to get back on that boat for the entire film, I think. Yeah, maybe there's a shark thrown in for just for lulls. I don't know. Just for, just for fun. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Luke apparently sailing around the world delivering boats for a living. That's all we've learned about him. And I wrote down here, this costs $35 million. <laughs> That can't be right. That is insane. I mean, it's absolute. I've never been more staggered by the budget of a film before. I was like, that is fucking ridiculous. And then, yeah, they go on like he's hanging out with his ex-girlfriend and sister. She's looking at some shark teeth on the wall. You're getting some little facts in here that Ali would be proud of, like more likely to die from a bee sting than from a shark. Mm-hmm. Which is true. I looked that up. Well, I'm sure. But You're also more likely are... to die from cows, but it's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's also like the quantifying factors. Like when people say flying in planes is more safe than doing this, it's like, yeah, but is that factoring how often I go to planes or how many planes are on the air? Well, that's why I, yeah, I think it's it's like everybody, not everybody flies, but a a lot more people fly than there are people who interact with cows. So I think the cows statistic (laughs) is more helpful in that argument than you're more likely to die in a car crash. Because, yeah, I fucking know I'm in my car way more than I'm in the ocean. Exactly. Is, is, like, is this saying if you got attacked by a shark or you got attacked by a bee, you're more likely to die from the bee? Or is it just saying you look at the stats of more people and there die are more by pe- bees? Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, of course they do. Because they live where we live. <laughs> I hate these hacks. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, they go and they find a boat that they're going to go climb on. That was a weird sentence to say. Uh, <laughs> she, <laughs> she brought Luke a present. It's a sausage. We're gonna okay. get no I don't get this. <laughs> yeah, did so I, did I miss something? There's no context, right? To no. That. <laughs> <laughs> There's not even it a line felt- of like, oh, you remembered. These are my favorite. They just, he just and like it's not even like a proper saucy like, wink of you. like, oh yeah, it is still this shape. Like there's nothing. There's no follow-up line to justify this gift. It's hilarious. <laughs> this feels like what you do when you're making a movie for $10,000 and you say to the actors, can you just bring the gift for this scene? And they're like, yeah, sure. And on the drive I'll there, just open my fridge. Up. See what, <laughs> I, what I've got. Yeah, I thought I had missed something and that I didn't want to rewind. So I just was like, yeah, I'll ask I'll the guys that. when we did the podcast. Because I had a similar moment when we made this tiny short film and our good friend Tamro Ishida, uh, <laughs> he went into the gas station and, and I said to him, okay, you're meant to like buy a gift for the, for the girl that you're dating. You're on a first date and when you go in the gas station, find like a funny gift that you do. You know. But Tamro's <laughs> sense of humor is weird. So he came out and we wouldn't know what it was until we were shooting and we're shooting to like get her genuine reaction. And he, of course, he appears around the corner with a long, long pepper arm. <laughs> 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 so I'm pretty sure that's what happened here. <laughs> so she's going to open up and be all vulnerable and say that she missed him. He's very careful not to use those words at this point anyway. But, but it's going to turn out she wanted a break from them and now she's back for a holiday, but he's kind of hurt that she's not admitting she's really there for him. And it was just whole fucking, you know, again, yeah. soap opera bullshit. But they're heading off to a reef to chill out and there's going to be a little island 
There's just the five of them. They've got another guy along who I don't know what to call him. What is he? He's an Australian so he's man. He's Sailor like Dennis Quaid. <laughs> yeah, he has all these things. What, what's his job, though? He's not the captain, is he? Because I feel like Luke is the no, captain. He's like, right? a, he's like a deckhand, kind yeah. of. Just a deckhand. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so we've got, just for clarification, we've got Luke, who's the captain, who's super cocky. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing because I'm a sea man. I refer to him as lover boy in this movie. Lover boy? Sa- sausage man, yeah. <laughs> Another good option. <laughs> we've got his friend, the brother. Right. Got the That's brothers. what I call him as well. I call <laughs> him the- Matt... Maddie! Matthew! Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> We've got the brother's sister who Luke used to go out with. Lover girl. Just Kit. There you go. We've got Meek Elf Lady. Susie. Girlfriend. Um, and then we've got the, uh, the deck. Warren. Australian Waza. sailor Dennis Quaid. Captain, Captain Sensible. Wazza. Who looks genuinely He's terrified like he should never to be near yeah, the world. Yeah. 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 I'm like, why is this your job? <laughs> you Captain look like you don't want to be there at yeah. all. I've, uh, I've, I've fucking seen what's out there. <laughs> you should not be on a boat, ever. Yeah. I'm not fucking uh. going in the water. <laughs> so, so I wrote down here, I bet Ali's happy because we're going to get some pretty underwater photography as they just go for swims, yep. like down with the fishes. I uh, wrote that I shark. really wanted to be snorkeling right now. Yeah, there's a little, little black tip reef shark yeah yeah which is nice they introduce him in a respectful manner we get lots of butt shots because you have to <laughs> so many butt shots she also as soon as she sees the black tip she kind of like floats herself back to the top and just surveys the area for a little bit which i appreciated yeah i thought it was really yeah, cool it, actually that shot when like, mm-hmm. she has that little moment of just yeah. sort of putting her head under the water and it kind of like foreshadows what what the pretty much a lot the rest of the movie is going to be people peering yes. underwater but it was kind of this nice little because and then that's when the music kind of struck me a little bit because it does get kind of a little bit tense as he's sort of peering around and yeah. it sets the stage of like oh yeah you can see under the water but it's just everything's just kind of it's just beautiful Hazy. crystal water but everything's just and a little vast. bit out of your yeah out of your way yeah i, I remember cool. i think i spoke about it in in jaws 3 there's a bit when they look at the glass in the underwater world area and just saying that I like that as a, as an idea of looking out into the vastness and that sense of something's looking back at you, but you mm-hmm. can't you see. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I like that they established that here. Yeah. Sort of like, yeah. okay, you're, they're in like big open water and there's just, it's endless. Like what could be out there? Yeah. It's it, really cool. it reminded me of my favorite horror movie of all time, which is the Blair Witch Project. And first yeah. time when you watch that and like they point the camera out at the woods at night and you can see like the mm-hmm. first row of trees and then beyond it is just black. But you know, it's, yeah. just, it's yeah. right there. And but you can't see it. it. And it's the idea of what could be there is the, is yeah. the terrifying thing. And like, mm-hmm. it's a similar thing here. You know, she, you can see this beautiful water and you can see what, what you can see in front of you. It looks amazing and beautiful and crystal clear. But then it's just, just beyond there. You can't see anything and anything could be there coming at you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a note that I have here is like as bad as this film clearly is up until this point where it's terrible. Like as soon as they're in the water, it's like there's some immediate tension that's built. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, Like this is clearly where this director is more. Although she was snorkeling. And as I learned in our previous podcasts, snorkeling means you're safe, doesn't it? Safer than, yeah. Safe. Okay. That was was one of the first. Bulletproof. Then surfers and waders. That was a shark fact, wasn't it? And like Jaws or Jaws 2, we did. It was. <laughs> well done. Retention. Someone's listening. <laughs> She's noted them all down. 
Um, see, I love this. They're like lying out on the island, and then Luke's like, "Yeah, I've never been here before. Want to explore?" And then the brother <laughs> yes. and his girlfriend go like, "Yeah!" And they run four feet away and just start exploring the floor. Yeah, that was so. and she's so entertained by it like she loves it she's like oh look at this is sand this is also sand (laughs) they had just come from london so like like, whoa it's like actual natural things (laughs) whereas of course the ex-girlfriend wants to explore again kissy kissy oh god that kiss was graphic (laughs) yep (laughs) just a tongue and kissy well, the brother is apparently just like looking at him and smiling. Oh, yeah, he's going to go fuck my sister now. Just <laughs> that ridge. See, at that point, I, I was confused that there was his sister. So I asked <laughs> Bethany, I was like, why, why is he giving her that look? And she's like, oh, well, maybe he loves the guy. <laughs> maybe he's secretly in love with the guy. <laughs> I do appreciate that it's the guy who like pulls away and is like, is this just sex or is it something else? Yeah, but it's not sex. Yeah. It's just a kiss. Like, geez, like it's, he's getting way ahead of himself. Don't you think? <laughs> Yeah, he jumped. He jumped a few steps. Yeah, yeah. this, this <laughs> dialogue Tom, exchange. Tom, you sound like that's a line that you said before. <laughs> <laughs> like I did not have sexual relations with this girl on the island. It was just a kiss. <laughs> yeah, he tells her that you know she's scared of them and what they represent and all this, all this. But I, again, I, I'm being completely honest. Like I couldn't give a shit about all this stuff. I couldn't give a shit. It's only when they're yeah. in the water that I start to get vaguely interested in this movie. Mm-hmm. And then they come out, and this is one of those things like, oh, okay, I didn't look into all the details. Alex, I don't know if you know all the details, but the true story of this, like I read, you know, the general stuff to do with it. They come out here, and the whole tide has pulled way out. And it's the kind of thing was like, if I didn't know this was based on a true story, but I can't believe this bit is based on a true story. I don't know. Because it's just so... It's like they need to be doing something that takes up a few hours or they fall asleep somewhere, and then they wake up. This is just like, they go to kiss for five minutes, and then they come out, and it's like... Oh shit! <laughs> the water's disappeared. It's like, does this happen like that? It's I mean, crazy. yeah. So in some places, tides can can shift and move very quickly. And I guess if you're on a reef, that's gonna seem more dramatic because once the water drops, pulls off the reef, and the reef is exposed, then the danger is greater if right. you're like stuck. So, yeah, okay. I think it's really believable. Hmm. Okay. I don't think that that's what happened in the real life story, which we'll get to. But yeah. Okay, fair enough. Definitely possible. Uh, then I guess I'm just not believing how they're playing it. <laughs> <laughs> then they get in a little dinghy, which is, yeah, so they've got like a little rubber dinghy thing that, that can get to their boat and they get they hit into some of the reef, which they say ruptures it, but then it doesn't, you know, then they're just setting up. It's basically fucked. Did we see that dinghy again at any point? No, it's like, I think they just ditch no, it. It just yeah. sort of, dis- like it has, it, yeah, it deflates and then that's it. That's it, fair enough. And then they get on, the engine won't start for a second, so they decide to sail uh, until the engine kicks in. Is that right? They use that like inertia to get the engine going again. Yeah, and that's, that's what I mean. I've written down, if this weren't a true story, then I'd be calling bullshit just because this feels very forced. Like, just a sudden flip of the switch, but whatever. And then it just feels so bipolar because they have this moment where they're trying to make it like, oh, everybody's scared. Are they going to get out? And then the boyfriend starts doing pirate noises to his girlfriend when she takes like the wheel of the boat. And then the cheesy music cuts back in as we montage from sunrise to like the next day and all this stuff, which I was very confused with at first because like, oh shit, they've been sailing all night and we just skipped that entire night. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing happened. They sat around showing their scars at the table. Yeah. Yeah, Getting drunk. Look look what happens when nothing happens in Jaws. We get some of the best moments in the movie (laughs) where we build tension and character. Here they're like, let's skip it. 
it, it would be pretty ballsy for a shark movie to try and replicate Top that scene. Though, yeah. you know, like, no, but it's like, why do I need to know that they get kissy-kissy on the fucking beach, but then when they spend an entire night together where presumably something there'll be tension or moments or like character yeah. things and drama and something I can attach to, they're like, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> Maybe there wasn't this. Like, it looked like a quite small living quarters, though, in the boat. Maybe they didn't have the privacy. Maybe. Uh, anyway, yeah, she was it kept walking in on them. Yeah. <laughs> she apologizes to Luke, and yeah, we're gonna. I, I'm concerned we're gonna get more of this, but luckily they hit a reef and the boat just capsizes <laughs> like that so quickly, it's so fast. Which I do. I appreciate that it's that crazy that it is like, oh, this is how it. Even if this isn't how it happened, this is how it feel. You know. Yeah. Of just like you'd feel like, oh shit, the entire world just sort of changed <laughs> in a blink of an eye. Uh, so just to rewind a little bit, just before that happens, when he speaks to the girl. And they're kissing and he's like, let me go make your breakfast. I thought it was just so funny. He opens a little cabinet. There's like one tiny can of beans. Yeah. I was like, these guys, do these guys prepare anything <laughs> for this trip? No. <laughs> Jeez. But like in terms of the capsizing, though, like when you said, Al, at the start, how it cost 35 million, I was sort of racking my brains going like, but even like the capsize scene is like, like that, you don't see anything. Like there's no special effects of some like dramatic capsizing. No. It's like, fuck, no, yeah. there's no, there's no, okay. I've been very mean on this film so far and I personally think justifiably up until this point, but <laughs> I, it, I'm going to say some positive things about it from this point forward in, you know, peaks and troughs, but there's no spectacle to this film. And I, and that's where, yeah, you'd normally see budget go. It's like a big set piece where something yeah. huge happens and yeah, you get to really see it. And yeah, it's like you say, you don't, they're more concerned with making it feel found footage which I think is the right impetus to go with, but then it is just baffling how mm, it yeah. costs $35 million. Do you want to um, know the, just right now, the parallel of what happened to the two ships? Yeah, yeah. Real life in this. So yeah, here they obviously hit a reef and capsize. In real life, they did capsize overnight, but it was because of rough seas, which is a more uh. logical reason for a ship capsizing because I can't imagine a ship hitting a piece of coral that's jutting out in the open sea. Flipping your boat over. And then flipping your boat, yeah. And in 2010, there was probably a Pirates of the Caribbean porn spin-off called Rough Seas, so they couldn't call the film that. (laughs) So let's just call it The Reef. (laughs) Yeah. So, so Um, far, Alex, so, so far is it, is, is the first part where they go to the island and they have to leave in a hurry because of the, the tide going on? Is that all true? No, so the, the real life incident happened on a uh, fishing boat. I'm pretty sure uh-huh. it was a fishing boat. Yeah. Okay, so let's deal with the capsize for a second. So we've got Luke and Susie are trapped underneath it. Uh, Susie's the, the girlfriend of the brother. Matt, the brother, is trapped inside the toilet. Uh, <laughs> we've all, we've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we got some immediate tension. Luke's like being the hero, getting him out. Susie's like getting out. The captain has from this point forward just a constant terrified look in his face <laughs> <laughs> he says we gotta get out of the water which is that just thing of like really i mean the ocean's pretty big i know australia has some dangerous waters but really you're in it for like a minute yeah. he's seen he's seen seen some things man he's seen some things so they climb onto the boat's underside and this is where i made the note of open water to adrift is this scene for an entire movie <laughs> Legitimately, yep. it's about some people. True story as well, and it's actually heartbreakingly the true story. But some people who, yeah, take a yacht out and then they go and jump into the water to have fun, and none of them think to lower the ladder, <laughs> and then they can't get back onto the boat, and that's that's the story. Luke is immediately saying he's like looking around, 
like the sea captain he is. He's like, there's a current which is going to push us further out to sea. This boat's eventually going to sink because it's upside down and ruptured. The distress beacon that they have, it needs a flight path to get a single signal. So it's not one that you like fire up. It's one that you keep like sending like an electronic signal, right? Into mm. the air, I guess. I was confused so about to... what that was. Yeah, it'd be nice if they explained these things a little bit better. I had no idea. But I guess you point it to the air, you try and fire off a signal electronically, and when a plane's passing, it would pick up that distress signal as it passes. Mm. Mm. Um, but Luke's like, we're not in a flight path right now. Which you would counter with maybe if you're going to keep floating, you'll float into a flight path. So Luke's immediate thing is like, you know what? We need to swim back to the island. Which in my note was like, wait, didn't they just sleep for an entire fucking night sailing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a long way, but he's saying it's 10 to 12 miles. I love that he like looks at his watch and he's like, the big hand and point the twi- sun uh, and point that's north. Point 12 towards the sun split the angle between the 12 and the hour <laughs> hand. And then he like, that's and north. he points at the, the hull of the boat and he's like, the island's here and then we go here and it's like okay <laughs> if you were telling me to do that I'd just be like what the fuck are you talking about yeah uh, but I do appreciate yeah that we have someone who is going to pretend they know what they're doing so <laughs> we got some actual like propulsion well like, uh, like and- this like this guy Luke is like such the center point of this movie and this is where I begin like so much of my notes are about this guy like and his just and like We'll get to it, but like at, at this point, I'm like, wow, this guy's really taking charge. Like, he's just not fucking about. Here's I'm pointing my fucking watch. I can see this is north. We're going here. We're done this. And just the way he's so like matter of fact, this is what's going to yeah. happen. This, 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 this. I was like, you know, it's kind of impressive. I was like, but this is this is this guy for real? Like, I mean, he's just totally on the ball. It's like, I mean, he's probably feeling pretty confident after he had kiss sex. <laughs> <on the island. laughs> Okay. Plus, he's got a sausage. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a big He should just be, while he's telling him what to do, just gnawing on this big old sausage. <laughs> or I would have loved it if when they were putting on his wetsuit, he just shoved it down the front of his. <laughs> this like, is just for where they later. find us. But he's just like so matter of fact. I mean, to be honest, I kind of appreciated that in terms of like exposition for the movie. He's just very like, this, this, this. And if we do this, this is going to happen. If we go here, this, this, this. But yeah. like when he said 10 to 12 miles, I genuinely burst out laughing. Like yeah. that is like that's ridiculous. Yeah, which admittedly, this is the thing. Again, I think because I do think there are things in this film which are incredibly effective. I don't think it's because of the writing. I don't think it's because of the acting, which is not terrible, but it's just like meh. Um, I don't even really think it's from that much of the directing, particularly again, not in the spectacle kind of sense. I think so much of it comes from yeah, like it feels a little found footagey, which immediately sucks me in, and just like the situation is fucking terrible. It's mm-hmm. just like okay, what would you do? Yeah, and you do yeah. immediately have the thing of like, are we going to swim ten to twelve fucking miles through open water where we know there are things out there that could get us, or are we going to sit on this boat by ourselves and just float and sink and at night someone, probably? Yeah. Um, so just immediately, it makes you feel really shitty. Yeah, once that very simple premise is established. Which is, by the way, the real situation that happened was that they they understood that they had to reach this reef basically because the, the they would be safe from from open water sharks. But yeah, once that that premise comes in after this kind of weird rocky sort of start, it really does just hook you in to the story. I think mm. that it's just like cool. I'm on board now. Uh, yeah, and all of these lines, but the captain's like, "Good luck." I'm not getting in the water. I've seen what's out there. <laughs> and Luke's just like, yeah, there might be sharks. I don't know. But what I do know, there's land out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When he said that, I was like, okay, so are they doing the plan? I was like, it was weird, but he was like, he was so confident. 
Well, no, because don't they then decide they're not going to do it? And he just immediately like, okay, cool. Yep, no worries. We're not going to do it. Like, he's just... Very pragmatic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. just gets on with but it. Yeah, no, I think, I think it's a good character. And I do think you would have someone like that there. And I do like, again, with better writing, I would care more about it. I, don't, I still don't really give a shit about them. But I feel like I'm in that situation. And I appreciate that he's also trying to impress her a little bit. Yeah. You know, like you set up things that, but at, at, that I think work. At this point, I'm like, okay, here we go. It's one of these types of movies where we've, we've set up the scene and the, like, the central dilemma. And these people are going to be forced together for the rest of the movie. And I'm like, okay, somebody's going to be a dick. Somebody's going to turn out to be, there's always a dick. And like, so, you know, I'm kind of like expecting these certain tropes of characters. And just mm-hmm. the way he's like, just, you know, when he's like, we have to do this. And then when they decide, no, let's not do that, stay here. He's like, rather than him sort of throwing a tantrum, he's like, okay, yep, cool. That's what we'll do. Like, yes, I was almost yeah. kind of thrown off by that, you know? It's like, oh, wow, this guy's I mean, very mature. While also, while also doing some sort of good, you know, Psychotherapy. I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. So we're going to dehydrate in uh, a couple of days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, then, but then he, but then, you know, he, just, he, he takes like, okay, we'll stay here. Well, I'm going to go down and see what I can find. Cool. Yeah. Like, he's just very, like, action man. Just gets on with it. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, the, there's no bickering, which is really appreciated in a horror movie in these situations. Uh, the brother and the girlfriend says, say that they're not great swimmers. So that's why they decide, yeah, they're not going to do that. And he's like, cool, I'll go down, see what we can use to keep us afloat. This scene under the boat is the first one that I really like, to be yeah. honest, in this movie. Yeah. He goes down there. Again, it's one of those things where it's like, they play it like it's tense. You know, there's a bit where there's like a knocking inside the toilet. It's like, I'm not concerned that there's a shark hiding in the toilet. Yeah, <laughs> so but I don't the know way what he to... sticks his hand in to retrieve whatever it is is really weird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so it is weird, but I'm still like creeped out just because that atmosphere of being in an upside down boat cabin, half full of water. And, and then the you hear the all... towel as well is really cool. Where it's just like he's staring just floating, at the towel yeah. floating, yeah. and you're like, is something behind that? Yeah, but it's just like, I mean, now I'm more scared of these little jellyfish you're talking about. So yeah. I guess he could be scared of those, but I'm yeah. not scared of a shark. That's what I mean, in like actual that, fact, you know, he, he's an Australian in the water in Australia. There's like multiple things there that could fuck him up, you know? Like, sure. not, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there could be some spider, um, spiders stowed away on the, on the boat, you know? Yeah, because it feels quite comforting to me, to be honest. It feels kind of like womb-like. You're just down there like, yeah, nothing's... It's not Jaws 3. We know we're not getting a great white coming fucking smashing through the side of this boat, you know? (laughs) And then they all start banging and screaming and that atmosphere is just like really chilling. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Which I really love that. Um, I thought thought that like this, like not in this, we know we talked about the music, but like the sound editing here was really good. Like I watched this with headphones on. Well, it does add to that sort of, that tension when you start hearing the bangs and the thuds and and it's sort of like this muffled you can't kind of mm. hear what they're saying what they're and every saying. now and again you kind of pick up a word and it's like yeah. they, did they say shark yeah. did they yeah yep. which is this is the problem though at this point though is like I think this is a really effective scene I really like it you know, it's so manipulative because then he comes out and they're like, what's going on? And like, oh, someone broke the water. Can you go back down and find more stuff? He's like, what's going on? Like, no, but, but that's mean, but he, no, I like that. that. But he says that. He's like... He, yeah, he's the know. one who's like, if it's not nearby, yeah. I'm, I'm going back. Yeah, but they're not. When he actually breaks the water, none of them are like sounding even 20% as panicked as they are when he's down. Yeah, there. They're all like hammering sure. on it as if you'd be like, fuck, it's right outside the boat. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're like, oh yeah, maybe there's something out there. Don't know. Yeah, I I still I still liked it though, in the sense of like we had that initial tension of his first trip. We had the the thumping and the panicking, him coming back up. We know something's breached the water, even though it might be far. And just by even that and the thumping, it's like raise the stakes just a little bit more and that he goes back under. And it's like the exact same setup again. 
Yeah. But the stakes are slightly higher. So I, I, I love, I did enjoy that kind of. Yeah. No, no, no. I like the same thing. I think that pattern's fantastic. I'm just saying I needed from the acting of them when they get out, at least one right. of them to be freaking out. Yeah. You know, like they all just seem so nonchalant. I was like, you weren't nonchalant 10 seconds ago when you were all banging on the boat screaming. Oh, actually, so I just it, needed like the acting a little bit fine-tuned. But. A point that I also, this is just the, the general bit about when they capsized. I don't know if you guys noticed, but immediately after they capsized and they all got on the boat, that you could tell that all of them had sunscreen on their face. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I Which I understand from a filming point of view mm. and being out in the Australian sun and being outside, yeah. but it, like, it made no sense to yeah. the story. I was like, they, they, they immediately looked completely sunbleached. As soon as they're on top of <laughs> yeah. the boat, it just looked like they'd been in the sun for two days. It's that kind yeah. of just, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so he's down there again. He's already given them floaties. This is where we get the toilet thing. And then the boat shifts a little bit. So he swims out and he's sort of peering out. And we're going to begin that thing of, yeah, just constant yeah. peering, which is really, this film should be called Constant Peering. peering. I did like, actually, yeah, the, the, um, I thought it was interesting how, like in a movie that is essentially set in open spaces, open ocean, open skies, they find a way to fit this entire different location and totally different style of scare in, like... You've got this, mm. it's like so claustrophobic because shot so close again because he's a yeah. small man. It's like right up in it. You know, you're right in there and you have the creeks yeah. and the, you know, just com compared, compared to like, because they're, yeah. they're up at the top feeling scared despite being surrounded by like, you know, infinite sky and ocean. And he's yeah. underneath them in the exact opposite feeling. Actually, he's not scared because he's like Superman. So. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, he's he's fine. It. He doesn't care. He can handle it. We get a little jump scare with some regular fishies that go by. And then, he, yeah, he comes up. He says it's up to them, but it's very easy not to be found out here. Again, a little bit of gaslighting going on. <laughs> and he reckons that they should swim for land. But a brother says, you know what? I'm going to go with you because you look pretty confident. And everyone else on this boat has, no has nothing. Let's be honest. At this um, point, I wrote down that the deckhand is reminding me or that I'm imagining him as a coked out Dennis Quaid and it's very <laughs> enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. He actually does yeah. also sort of look like he, he's Dennis Quaid, yeah, 30 years later, just yeah. so coked up. I just really appreciated that he looked shit scared the entire time. He was time. just terrified. Yeah. Like, just constantly like... Well, and I, well, I really appreciate it here. He's like, so the girlfriend of the brother says, all right, you know what? I don't want to, but I'm going to go with you both as well. And then Kate, who obviously is the one you think is going to go, is like, I'm not going to. And Luke very quickly is like, all right. Bye. <laughs> see, you, see you later. I mean, yeah, but that's me. Um, he's so accepting. He's such a yeah. like, accepting guy. He's just like, look, are you sure you don't want to come? She's like, no, I don't. He's like, all right, we'll send help. This, hope, so oh, sorry, what help said help you? At this point in my notes, I was referring to him as like G.I. Joe because he's just like this flawless <laughs> machine. He's like ice cold. And then yeah. when... When he when Kate says like says she's not going and he's like totally accepting of it, I I changed it like this guy's like fucking Gandhi. It's like just he's got this infinite patience and tolerance. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's like just okay, you're absolutely fine. And I was like, this guy is definitely gonna die, like hundred percent. He's like Christ, he has to sacrifice himself <laughs> at the end. Alex, are there any accounts of if this if if was there someone being like this who was like chaperoning them through this experience? Um, kind of. So, yeah. Uh, so there were there were three in the real life experience. The guy that owned the boat, which was a trawler, but I don't know if it was like a working trawler, like they were actually trawling fish, or it was just a leisure 
controller. The deckhand and a cook, um, they were all in their early 20s, um, two guys and a woman. And I think from the sounds, I'll, I'll recount the story when we get to the end, but the guy that recounts what happened, I think he was, he was the guy sort of leading, leading the pack. Can I just ask everybody, so at this point, before they set off, what would each of you have done in that situation? Yeah, because yeah. this is this um, like this, this is almost like a subgenre of movies. It's like the situational. What would you do? Horror movie. You know, it's like mm-hmm. here's the setup. There, this, this is what the movie is. Go. Like, what do you do? Yeah, I, I was oh. asking Bethany this question as well, and it's like, yeah, do you stay on the hull, which will drift out into the sea and sink? But somebody might come and rescue you. But someone might come and rescue you. Or do you and go you've got the, the electronic device. Yeah. Yeah, Katie said she would stay on the boat. What about you guys? I would create. I would create a cage to surround myself in. From. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would maybe swim. Yeah, I think I would. I would try and go for the the reef. I think I would genuinely die of fear. <laughs> I, the, <laughs> would just, I would get in the water, intending to swim, and I'm like, nah. Who was it? That? This group recently that we were talking about. Some people just like sink in the water, like they just don't know how to float on their backs, no. or they can't. Was that someone else? No. Maybe it was a movie no. we saw. But I, in these movies, I was like, you can just like turn over, flip on your back, and float. Hard to see. Not it's hard can. to yeah. see, yeah, but it's. Then you look more like a seal. That's how it get you. I mean, they're in wetsuits, which coked out Dennis Quaid told them they look like seals in. So whether yeah. you're on your back or your stomach, you look like a seal. See, I, I was I was debating at this point in the movie, and then I thought like Kate delivers that like killer line, and she's when she says like what you're gonna swim to an island you can't see. I was like, yeah, sold. I'm staying on the boat. Yeah. And, and the fact <laughs> that like the fact that he like when they first get on top of the boat, he notices that there's a current pushing, the, and he says it's pushing them out to sea. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so you're gonna swim 12 miles to an island that you against can't see current. against the current. Like, nah. Well, no, because he also says that if they swim in a certain direction, the current will push them right, okay. toward out the towards the okay. island. Still, though, the um, idea of, like, you cannot see where you're going. If you could maybe see the island, they'd be like, okay, fuck it. Like, we can, we've got a point here. But, like... Yeah. I yeah. definitely would have still died, but I think I would have mm. gone, like, MacGyver on it. I would have been like, you know what? We've got an upside-down boat. Let's, like, there's stuff in that cabin underneath, which is totally safe to go into. I'd be like, let's try and create a sail and go against the current yeah. and try and, like, control something. Yeah. I would have stayed and died of sunburn from sitting on top of the boat <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the brutal Australian sunshine. Well, I was confused. Yeah. Did they, do they not have life vests on the boat? Because the only thing that mm. he seems to find to float is the boogie board that they cut mm. in half. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Good point. I mean, they only had one can of beans for breakfast. True. So. They were not prepared. <laughs> and a sausage that never reappears. Yeah. Uh, presumably from the edited scene overnight, what mm. happened to that sausage? Mm. Anyway, so Cade's like, no, I'm not coming. Uh, he's like, fine. Uh, so he gives them all a little bit of water. Uh, and then they get, in, they get into the ocean and Luke tells them, all right, we're just going to keep a steady pace. We're going to hold on to photo to these floaties. Hey, you know what? Relax and enjoy once in a lifetime. Get this guy is not human. 
I mean, again, I appreciate it. I do think, he, you know, not obviously, you're not normally going to get someone like this and potentially not from the real life story. I don't know if there'll be someone like this, but this kind of character for sure. It's like, they're like, yeah, I'm just going to take control of this. I'm going to yeah. make sure everyone feels yeah. as comfortable as possible. I know what to say to everybody at the exact time in the exact right way. And I'm going to get everybody murdered. <laughs> so if there's only three people in the real story and one of them stayed on the boat, that means only two oh, no, people. No, they all, they all left the boat. Oh, they did? Yep. What's the fact at the end of this movie, then? It's a lie. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Ah. Yeah. That's we'll get annoying. There. We'll get, oh, yeah. I mean, this is why true stories for horror films are almost always annoying. <laughs> okay. That makes me feel better about the fact I would, because I always throw the movie, I'd be like, okay, I would I, my, my choice would, would have been to stay on the boat. And then when that title comes up at the end, it's like, oh. Yeah, we'll get it. It's like, choose your own adventure. It's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you get to the end, they're like, you're wrong. Yeah, you're Was is, uh, Was is just still floating out there. Yeah. He's fine. They didn't say he's dead. They just said didn't find him. Yeah, true. He's having a it's great true. time. Surviving off of fish. Yeah. He's built that that hole into this big sort of Waterworld yeah, yeah, style. Yeah, he's Kevin Costner in Waterworld. He's he's adapted yeah. and created gills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Luke, yeah, so they're going to off and just going to have a good old time. So Luke keeps looking for sharkies as they swim, and again, this is going to become majority of the movie. Actually, a lot like it. When, when was Open Water? Just a couple of years before this time, I think. I yeah, I, I didn't. Re- I couldn't remember if it was before this or not, but yeah. It was mm. before, for sure. Um, yeah, two thousand and three. Two thousand and three. Oh, quite a lot before then. Wow. Yeah, very similar setup in terms of lots appearing through the surface of the water. And for me, yeah, that is the most terrifying thing about the ocean. Mm. So like, that's a good one to go for. It's yep. like you never know and you just have to like look through this window to suddenly see what you're going of up something against. that's not yeah. that clear either. Exactly. And only one of them it, has goggles. Yeah. And it's great because as much as they use it, it, is, it feels effective every single time. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, yeah, Absolutely. it's really... Uh, Kate, though, then... And there's, like, points when it just becomes more and more stressful. Mm. <laughs> the more that they do it, it's just like, fuck this. Kate changes her mind, and I think the real hero of this is is the guy who's left on a boat, because he's like, you go, I'll be all right. Are you fucking no. shit? I would be crying. Like, the idea of just being like, oh, now I'm on my own on this boat, just floating out to sea, and uh, night is going to come. I want to know what he said to her in those, like, two minutes from when they left. And she's like, you know what? <laughs> yeah, like, I don't want to be live or get <laughs> raped, so I'm going to go. Fuck this guy. Yeah. Guy, yeah. I fucking saw you kissing him on the island, <laughs> and now you can fucking stay here and kiss me. But then she left and he was like, fuck yeah, more coke for yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they all go then paddling out now. They've left him on his own and the other four go off swimming, start talking about sex, have a little giggle. Um, <laughs> You've got to keep it light when you're swimming yeah, in the middle of the ocean. What was his sex story again? It was, was he was saying story? that, I guess the they were discussing trying to fight through the pain and they were already tired of and not even halfway there. So he was saying when not he even is at the feet. gym, yeah, when he's at the gym, That's the way right. he fights through the pain is he imagines mm. he's having sex. Yeah. Yeah. So then, and I don't know. know if he was suggesting they try imagining that or if he was suggesting they have an orgy in the ocean I mean, <laughs> to fight through the pain. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think he was suggesting that he lifts weights with his boner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's... graphic. Then... <laughs> Then Susie says that she sees something, so Luke starts the old looking under the border, but he can't see anything. We get a long scene of them then swimming in quiet, which again, for me, it's more tense when the music like drops out for these things and you're just in the water with them, because it does mm-hmm. feel more found footagey. 
Mm. And then you see a massive turtle shell, which has been eaten out, which is, we just learned from one of you, what was it? Tiger shark could eat through a turtle could shell? Could bite through yep. their teeth. Mm. Very sharp. That's what, that's what I was expecting to see, actually, that they'd turn a it around bite. and there'd be yeah. a chomp through it. No, it's I was wondering why they don't use this as a floating device. Yeah. Yeah. We would have been perfect. Yeah. It's already had its, the snack. Yeah. Well, I assume that's why he went over to it. Because I was like, why is he... Because yeah. even if it's alive, why do you want to risk sort of coming face to face with a massive turtle out in the middle of the ocean? It's very forced. And, mm. and then as he turns it, like they have to put the camera very close for the music mm. to be like, blah! It's like, yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Obviously it's dead. Yeah. I wonder as well if a turtle would float up above the water like that. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. the shell was right sitting on top of the water yeah. rather than sort of like floating. Skimming under. Bobbing underneath it, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But, you know, it's a cool enough scene. It lets you know there's something Effective. out here that's chomping on stuff. I thought it was pretty um, gross, actually. The effect made me feel kind of sick. Yeah. But I just had a big lunch, so maybe that was it. <laughs> <laughs> you just had a turtle sandwich. Yeah, had some turtle soup, yeah. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, this is one of the few times we're going to cut back to the guy on the boat, which is hanging out. Did you say one of the few times? Yeah. Is, there, is this not the only one? The only it time, might be the right? only one. Might be yeah, one. I think it is. I think it's it? the only one. <laughs> yeah, he tries to use the beacon thing and then, oh yeah, yeah, this is it. Because he tries to use the beacon and then uh, some little sharks start appearing around the boat and that's it. And what I wrote down is Australia sucks. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, that's it's why just he a thing left. of like, oh yeah, immediately sharks. It's like, why? There's no blood in the water. There's nothing happening. Like, I don't know. There's sausage though. There's a big sausage floating around. That's true. Yeah, he was trying to get the sausage. Behind. Mm. I thought he was going to fall in the way he was leaning yeah, over. Too, yeah, I did too. Leaning over the hole. Oh, or left jump to, in cool. as suicide. Yeah, it's left to our imagination. But it was cool what they sort of revealed because I think all you really see is the tail right at the end of that scene. Yeah. Right? yeah. Just under the water. But it's just that thing of like, you know, they're having to get into your brain of, oh yeah, he was killed by sharks. Because yeah. that's the only way you can die in Australia <laughs> or yeah, <laughs> in the ocean. It's an interesting choice, though, don't you think? Like, I mean, you could, you know, you could make that movie and go, right, well, let's kill him by a shark attack. Because if you're not going to see him again for the rest of the movie, then, you know, the fact that they resisted killing him and some, you know, he falls off the boat, a shark attacks him. Oh, no, the sharks. Are, you know what I mean? Like, it's such a, it's the sort of thing you can imagine happening. And they didn't do it, which I don't know. Is it that is, to be but I'm commended? just like, really, all of them are going to have these shark problems. I'm just like, I would prefer if we just left him. It's like, okay, yeah, maybe it's dehydration. Maybe mm, it sank. Yeah. Maybe it was sharks. Like, we have no idea. Whereas here, it's very implicit. They're going, oh, yeah, sharks turned up. We don't need to tell you anymore. You know the mm. story. Like, my, my feeling here, I think, partly attached to the Jaws films and then also reading about or knowing about the real life story was when we did see that shark tale, I was like, oh, He's worried because that's the shark now that's going to start following the swimmers. So in my head, I was like, it's the same shark, right. which it probably wasn't. Well, that was my assumption um, as well. Like that's because you, 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 you have that. Because you, ha- yeah. Yeah, you have that scene before they see the shark. So you see that. Mm-hmm. It's the first sort of shark sighting. And then you immediately yeah. cut to them encountering the shark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah. And because in the real life story, the guy uh, that retold the story was was convinced it was the same shark Ah. that kept coming back and my fear at this point as well was what type of shark like what's the shark going to look like because i didn't realize it was 35 million i'm thinking okay this is lower budget 
what how are they going to reveal a shark mm. here so i was like getting really worried that not a single animatronic is going to be bad no cgi yeah. everything just using compositing and i gotta oh, say it right yeah now, it was great that is mm. this film's biggest fucking attribute ah. like the shots mm-hmm. they managed to do here of people in the water with the sharks when they're yeah. faking it and when they're not so faking good. it is superb and that is this director's yeah. greatest talent and even mm. in the trailer for blackwater abyss which doesn't look like a good movie yes and you see those crocs it's like yep he's so good at making it feel like yes this is real what's happening mm-hmm. yeah so Susie thinks she sees something again uh, that something's following them uh, the sheer expanse of water around them I think is really tense like I like just the wides they keep getting of it all and just realizing just how they're now at that point where it's like okay you're, you're in it now like you have to keep swimming there's kind of no going back yeah although um, at this point she's like I mean this isn't really a criticism or anything but it was just it did stri- strike me at this point it was like because she's like I saw something I was like it does, at this point it doesn't really matter like so what if yeah. you did it's like what are you going <laughs> to do about it you know like well that's no. that's the residing thing that I have which I appreciate you do the same thing but he's constantly like even when the shark does turn up he's always looking at it which is like sure yeah you want to see where it is and what it's doing mm. but also it's like what the fuck can you do yeah <laughs> like you'll know it's coming for you but is there anything else I guess you can like um, we'll do what they do like huddle together and sort of stay like don't flap about I guess but like yeah. yeah well that's what he one thing for the majority of this movie they act well no they act really realistically yeah but it's him being the calm, patient, mm. seemingly informed person. When the f- first time they do see the shark, he not once like comes up and tells them like, try to not kick a lot. Try to not scream. Like mm-hmm. you look like a knee, thrashing injured in animal or... or it's eye. You're supposed to go for the eye. But he never once tells that, which I understand it's easier said than done in that situation. I'm sure everyone's instinct isn't going to be logical. In no, but you'd like have that, that conversation. You'd at least try to time. get them to, yeah. Like, try to stay still, try to stand your ground. Which in that video that Alex brought up, I think early in this series of the uh, surfer who gets attacked while waiting for a wave by a great white, and he, like, comes from behind. In interviews, he, yeah, uh, he starts swimming to shore and then immediately stops and turns around. And in interviews, he says, like, his immediate reaction was, oh, I can't outswim a great white. Yeah. So I need to just know that it's coming because then you do have the chance of like stabbing it in the eye with your hand yeah. or hold <laughs> like holding it off rather than just having your feet out for it available to grab. Yeah. So there's a little bit of that here. There's a lot of thrashing here. Um, yeah, we but need I do, more communication about this stuff for sure. Yeah. Because he does seem smart. And that's what I like most about this movie is like, and that's why I write down, Natalie, you'll let me know when we get to the end of it. But it's like, this is a movie that makes sharks scary, but from a point where they're also not trying to be scary. And when you right. see the shark, it's interested in them. It's a little bashful. It's a little scared of them too. And it will kind of suss them out before going, yeah, I'm going to yeah, take a fucking Yeah, it doesn't just nibble. immediately attack every time mm. it's nearby. And that's much, yeah, it feels much more like, yeah, this is accurate shark behavior. Yeah. Um, and him looking at it, it's like, yeah, that's accurate. Then don't be as scared of it. It is a shark. Lots of people swim with great whites. You know, you can, you know, do these things. So just know how to like, like you would a dog or something else, know how to kind of control it when it's getting too close. But yes, he should be speaking to the others in the group and going, okay, this is what we do when it comes. This yeah. is how we're going to tackle it. If it comes for you, try this, you know. All which they stuff. do all put their backs together and all face out, which I think is smart. But that's like instinctive and needs, for sure the brother and sister more. have no idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They need to be told what to do. And I mean, um, to play sort of on his side a bit, I guess, is that, yeah, the shark is kind of very just being very curious 
but then things escalate sort of to a degree very quickly where he's looking and coming back up that the you can understand where that communication breaks down but i guess like what you guys are also saying is that once it de-escalates there's never a revisiting of like yeah. hey this is what, what do we do yeah. if in those lulls again. this is what you talk about yeah for, yeah. Sure. <laughs> for yep. sure this is all you talk about it's like tell us everything you know because he seems to look like he knows everything but he does like even when they first when like when he first sees it because he's he's obviously the only one with the goggles when he first sees it and she like susie's freaking out kind of and he comes back up and it's like, okay. She does gonna... not stop from but this like, point on. She's so annoying. But he like yeah. he comes up and he's like, it's a shark. It's big. It's like, fuck me, this guy. Like, <laughs> just, yep. No fucking about. Just totally on the level. So at some point I feel someone's going to be like, give me those fucking goggles. Yeah. I'm surprised <laughs> like, they don't switch up and like, can I see? I need to, I'll feel better if I know where it is in reference yeah. to my body. Yeah. Well, in that first shot that you're talking about, Tom, where like he goes down and you see the great white, and it's like yeah. it's all hazy, and he's just peering, and then suddenly you just see it very yeah. distant, and it's just before he like confirms, but he like comes up, and he's like, "Yeah, maybe I saw something." Yeah, that's right. Let's go this way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have to say, uh, yeah, I'm loving this shark footage they're using. Yeah, and just the yeah. way that they, the, the way that he's using it and revealing it's 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 really really effective. I do also like, I noted how like, because yeah, at this point, it's well established now that this movie is basically a lot of him dipping his head underwater and peering into the murk. It goggles up, <laughs> but like, and you cut to the shark and there's a little bit of it and then the shark's a bit closer and you cut to him and you keep cutting from, from the shark to him, but because of like mm-hmm. the mask or whatever, his expressions just look really, like really nonplussed. It's just like, yeah. he doesn't yeah. look scared or concerned. He just has this blank expression on his face. It's kind of jarring. Like you're trying to build tension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, that guy, whatever, you know. And yeah, we don't get. A, I mean, we get a thing going by them here, just yeah, because you have to. Um, and it does look fucking cool. And yeah, then it just skims out of the water right by them, which is fucking amazing. Like yeah. this first yeah. time where it's like just. And again, it's not trying to attack. It's just sort of seeing how close can I get? Are these people dangerous to me? Like it just feels so appropriate. They lose a floated and drifts away, and the brother decides, I'm gonna go for that. <laughs> Which they repeat again later. It's like, do you see how it turned out this time <laughs> for a floaty? If this was one of the last two Jaws films, when the shark got close and he was looking at it, it would have had Warren's arm sticking out of its yeah. mouth, holding the beacon, <laughs> yeah. holding the beacon yeah, thing. The yellow thing. Yeah. Well, they used occasionally use real, you know, great white footage in those movies, and whenever they did, you kind of chastise it for them because, like, well, this breaks the reality because we've yeah. seen the monster shark. Whereas in this film, it's all that. And it's like, yeah, this is fantastic. Yeah. You're seeing like a mm-hmm. real great white. I noticed here uh, how Maddie didn't learn his lesson about swimming to check out the turtle. It's like, let me just yeah. swim over here and get the floaty <laughs> device. It's like, man. Yep. So, of course, he gets charged by the shark and it's just gone. It's fucking but great. But that's the thing that every single shark movie has to do. Whereas once you're gone, you get one more chance. You pop up one more time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, blood everywhere his legs gone and yeah it's fucking great because he's just immediately like no you go you yeah. go you go you don't like i'm done he also when um, he says that his leg is gone it fe- it almost feels nonchalant he's like yeah my leg's gone and he's like perfectly coherent yeah but it's like that shock and also the fact that we don't see it yeah just like, oh, you just fuck. see a lot of blood in the I, loved, water. I love that i thought that death was really good yeah, yeah and i and think it, when you hear stories about people that were attacked by sharks often you know they are coherent after the attack yeah your adrenaline's pumping you probably don't feel the pain yeah Yeah. and then and then just the blood loss gets you well and then they all swim away leaving him there and just like 
as yeah, that moment where Luke turns around and you just see this gentle, yeah. it's not even scary again, the music's not playing, it's just this little <sighs> flop and you just see like a fin as it as the shark rolls and just the body gets like pulled underneath oh, the water and you're just like, yeah. That was chomp one, Matt, <laughs> Maddie, Matthew. At this point, I was like, as they're swimming off and there's the three of them and obviously you have like the central couple. I was like, things are not looking good for Susie. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was really hoping Susie would be the first. She to go. doesn't have a lot of plot armor left, unfortunately. It's not, look, it's not looking good. So, well, so Matt point, went it? for the board, right? Because I mean, because he thought they didn't have the the strength to. I guess to so. swim I without think it. it? Yeah, I think and then he like thrash swims towards mm. it. Yeah, I mean to be fair, like I would want to go retrieve it also, but you have yeah. one a group of people go get it together. Yeah, Two, one of them has together. goggles on, so let mm. him patrol yeah. and lead the group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's stupid, uh, but effective moment. And yeah, this is the yeah. first time where I've written down this. It's about now that I remember why I always talk about this film like it's a great film. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. Th- these are the points where you're like, yeah, these are great moments now. Mm-hmm. It's um, one of the details of it that I I like, and I I also don't know that it's realistic. But it's in the other movies, it's like the shark is just killing for sport. It's not mm-hmm. killing to hunt or eat. Yeah, which in this one I appreciate that once it's got one piece of prey, it doesn't then immediately start coming back to the other mm-hmm. guys. It just continues taking Matt. Yeah. Which at first I was like, oh, that's nice. It's realistic. Of course, it wouldn't just kill him and then go immediately to kill the other humans. But then on yeah. the other side of that coin, most shark attacks that are fatal, you die to blood loss because as soon as they bite you, they realize you're not the yeah. prey that mm. they want to eat. Yeah. They don't then come and like drag you down. To yeah. The they don't the actually ocean. eat you. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And they don't apologize either. They and just, decide to just leave and, and never call again. Track the rest of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, of, co- of course, there's exceptions for everything. I'm of sure course. things have happened. But. but yeah, this is where it gets confusing for me, though, because then I'm like, all right, I'm now really fucking into this movie. It turns to night, which in open water is by far the scariest bit of that film. Like yeah. in open water, the night section is like, oh, fuck. And they are <laughs> dealing with smaller sharks in open water. It's not great whites. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. they're just like, that's when he gets bitten on the leg, right? In mm-hmm. open water, because they're like constantly yeah. feeling it, just like yeah. sharks swimming by their <sighs> legs. It's really, because that's, I mean, honestly, like, yeah, I don't know about fine. you both, but like for me, that's what's in the back of my head. It's like the guy on the boat is like, what's that going to be like when you're sinking and it's nighttime and you're on your own in the ocean? And for these, it's like, yeah, what's it going to be like when you know you're going to be swimming through the night? It's like, fuck that. And in all honesty, it's, it, this is a weak point of this movie for me because A, it's like way, very much just way too well lit. They're definitely shooting obviously day for night here. Susie then loses her shit at Luke and blames him. <laughs> And then something splashes near them, and then it just fades to black. Yeah. yeah. Such a weird time to just. I really like this. I thought it was so strange. I'm just like, we just barely started to settle into the scene, and we need at least at least one proper scary scene at night. And instead, yeah. they're like, oh, it's going to be scary. We'll see. Skip today. I disagree in the sense that, like, I I, thought, I find this really refreshing because they sort of freak out a little bit, but then rather than, because I guess the point is, if you had have established the shark was there at nighttime, then they wouldn't have made it through the night, right? I don't know. Maybe one of them wouldn't have, or maybe they could have actually well, had a point here where in the dark that he's telling them what to do or something, and then they yeah. have to fend it off once. Or I, but I feel like you had that scene where, you know, she freaks out. He takes responsibility for the death because, of course he did, because he's like fucking, you know, Jesus. And then, like, you, you sort of establish that, and then... 
I don't know. I, I was re- like, I, I found it kind of refreshing. They didn't do this protracted nighttime scene of the same stuff we've already, like, you know, them freaking out the shark because if the, the shark attacks and kills them or it doesn't, you know, I, I just, I, I, I don't know. I just find when it, when it had that sort of dissolve, fade to black, and then it opens up in the same shot again from underneath. Because I guess avoiding the night scene as well maybe steers it a little bit away from what you were saying, Ali, about shark hunting for sport. Like it, it sends it a bit more into. I mean, it it, remo- it definitely removes the 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 threat and the fear and the tension of night. But it also, I feel like it removes the sense of like, okay, is sharks just hunting okay. me? Maybe. No, but this is the thing. I'm not saying we need to have a shark attack. Like, you can yeah, literally yeah. just have them, again, have a fucking scene of just character then and them talking or yeah, discussing what talking. they should do in yeah, the day yeah, yeah. or whatever. Deal with this stuff. But, like, this is... Out of any of them, there's lots of tense things that are going from my head constantly through the scenario in this movie. Nighttime is going to be the most tense. We're in a fucking horror film. Yeah, you yeah, don't shy away from the most tense see. moment. But yeah, your goggles won't help you then. But but at this point, Al, we're like what over an hour into the movie. Like, you sure. know, we've we've kind of established these characters. Like, what sort of character scene would you have wanted to see there, other than the stereotypical somebody good. freaks out, <laughs> somebody <laughs> acts like a dick, they have some, sort of, rel- they have some I, sort of relationship uh, drama. Sort no, of. but then you write it well, like, this film's not well written, mm. you know, yeah, so no, look, yes, I'm glad sucks. they didn't do it, because it would have been bad. But again, <laughs> look at a great movie like Jules or something, it's like, you could do it and have great dialogue and mm. have an interesting scene here. Yeah. And you don't even have to have the shark, just the idea again, yeah, like, they think the shark's out there, or they hear something yeah. for a second, or they look under, and that idea of, you're looking under yeah, at nighttime, you couldn't see anything. We don't get that at all yeah. in this film because you can always see under. That would have been fucking terrifying, even if yeah. nothing happened. And just that paralysis of, of paralyzation of like nothing's happening, and that in a weird way is scarier because they're just waiting yeah. and just having them like waiting for something to happen. The other I'm just like, weird look, I'm watching a horror film. This is a gift. It's nighttime. It's an, Do something. It's an open goal. I don't care what. Do yeah. something. Um, well, I, I agree with that. The other thing that struck me as weird with the fade out was that when it fades back in, it, one, it fades out right as like something tense starts happening and I was like oh that was interesting and then as it fades back in you only see two of them yes so you're underneath and I was like oh so one of them died they're just not showing it and then we're gonna get the follow-up discussion I thought that exact same thing I was like that's actually really cool that one of them's died yeah which at that point is like okay that's a creative decision Mm -hmm. I don't know if it would have worked or not but I could get behind that but then as soon as you realize all three of them are there it feels like well what was the point of yeah, bringing the action just to cut it off and cut yeah. back in and not discuss it. Because when that woman was waking up, yeah, because you start and you see two and the woman was waking up, I thought, oh, cool, we're going to see... First, I thought that the way they were going to play it was that she wakes up and realizes there's only one left and that she's also drifted apart yeah. from the other person. Yeah, they're either that's not what, together yeah. anymore. Yeah. Or and I was like, oh, that's going to be cool. Yeah. Yeah. And having to get back together. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly. Yeah. Again, I just like they just feel like there's missed opportunities here. And I'll be honest, it feels like they shot stuff that then for whatever reason in the edit, they're like, this doesn't work. We need to take it out. Yeah, and yeah. that's what it feels like. Mm. It's just a weird feeling. And does he not have a compass on him? Because this is where they start saying they don't even know which direction they're going in. No, he was using his watch. Point yeah. the 12 well, towards the sun. Watch? You point the 12 towards the sun and then you... Right. You... Does he not still have his watch? Yeah. Maybe it wasn't waterproof. Maybe it stopped working in the water. Or maybe, he has a waterproof. Or maybe he's full of sure. <laughs> maybe he's, he's just one of those guys. <laughs> yeah. There's no fucking way. He jumps in the first time. He's like, oh, oh shit. Oh shit! <laughs> don't lose direction. That's where yeah. we're going. It just confuses me. Like we don't know which direction we're going anymore. It's like he fucking knows. Even just like without a watch, he could just look at. It. He knows which direction. He's, going that in. senses it. Yeah, yeah and fucking, I feel yeah. like if he was, if he's a proper sailor dude, not only do those. 
a lot of those watches have compass sort of built yeah. into them. No, he absolutely would have it. Like he would have it fucking like surgically implanted into his body or yeah. something. Like he's so prepared. At this point, I'm thinking this uh, guy's like a Jedi. Of course, he fucking knows which direction they're going. Like he's like a yeah, Zen exactly. Jedi master. I also well, sorry. I'm just looking back at my notes. I can't believe I forgot to bring this up and that no one else did. Lover girl's face during the entire scene when they first see the shark is incredible. It's great. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. She does like not move like that. from that face. They keep cutting away from her, <laughs> yeah. and every time they come back, she has not changed. Yeah. That's it for goes the rest on for of the several movie. minutes. It's is that so when the shark funny. attacks? Like it takes a floaty. Yep. It's yeah. When he when right before the or right after, I guess the first guy is killed. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that was. It's really hilarious. Cool. Yeah. I rewound it and made Sean come watch it while <laughs> laughing hysterically. <laughs> A heartless, heartless woman. This is so funny. Sorry, we can she, carry she, on. She locked into well, it. She's like, "That's that's my scared face." Well, it's face. like the director was just like, "Now you're scared," <laughs> and that was her face. And then they moved on. Kept she was filming. like, "Oh yeah, I've been home in a way." I know what that feels. I like. know how to be scared. <laughs> well, I really appreciate this in the movie though, because you get to this point and it's like, okay, you know, there's going to be a lot more water stuff to come, for sure. And then immediately they see this small island. That's just I there. think you'll find that that was Cable Junction. <laughs> yeah, I know. It really does. <laughs> it really does. Uh, yeah, and there's some small like reef sort of outcrops uh, along the way to it. And yeah, it is kind of great to suddenly have, oh, well, how is this not going to work out? And what is the rest of the movie? Because like, there's mm. quite a lot of runtime still to go. Um, and the rest of the movie is literally just a very long single scene, mm. essentially, of them trying to get to this this little island and I really really appreciate that not sure why that, I mean you would be excited obviously to get out of water and get onto land you're not in much of a better position than you were when you're on the boat not at all <laughs> but that's kind of like a let's cross that bridge when we get there yeah. Yeah, we can come up sure. with a game plan once we're safely out of the water and this bit when Luke because it looks like cool now it's going to be getting shallow and you know obviously there's a lot more to come in this movie but at the same time you're like okay you do start feeling a bit more relaxed and then he looks under the water and you see how deep it gets mm-hmm. yeah before you're like, oh. Yep. Yeah, so they start going. They get halfway. Kate then sees something again, but it's a dolphin. Yay. It's a motherfucking Yay. dolphin. <laughs> uh, yeah, and which I wrote down here, a, a lesser film, which, let's be honest, almost any shark film would have had a shark then suddenly appearing to eat the dolphin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which I appreciated. Well, like, but then, like would, would, like, again, Ali, I'll defer to your shark expertise here, but, like, would a shark <laughs> in that scenario... Given the option of, of a dolphin or a Susie, would it not go for the dolphin? I mean, I would kill Susie. <laughs> it, it, uh, you know, a dolphin would, would have a better chance of outswimming a shark. Yeah. yeah, which they also say that if a dolphin's around, you're safer you're safe. from. Yeah, because yeah. dolphins charge. It's, charged it's less likely, sometimes. yeah. Right, okay. Which again, is not to, we just heard a story of a dolphin. Yeah being killed and coming up being rolled onto shore so it's it's not impossible but yeah we learned in jaws one of the jaws movies uh, but was jaws 2 where they have really good hearing so the, the shark has clearly heard Susie's hysterical wailing throughout <laughs> yeah and he's like this, this she's one, gotta go she's got to go yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well it's cool because they see that then they see that they realize it's dolphin and then they see another fin and she's like is that a dolphin <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's genuinely like oh so yeah, Shark gets Susie, 
But of course, the customary pop back up because I don't think any sharp movie can not have the double tap mm. for every single person. And then Luke goes out for her, but she's dragged under the water, and it's this cool shot as like a, how the blood is like trailing down into the deep. He mm. can't see her or the shark anymore. Which again, yes, I guess not scientifically correct. The shark wouldn't drag you down to its cave mansion <laughs> for chomping. Now I'm going to take you to my dinner table. <clears throat> but it looks cool and chilling. And they get onto a little rock that's sort of barely cresting the waves. So I've got to be honest, by this point, you're like, I'm living here. Yeah, well, that's. I was wondering, like, would I, in that situation, then just sit on the rock for an hour at off. least yeah it's daytime you see the land that you're going to not land the rock that you're going to i feel like i would wait there for at least 30 minutes one you've just swam who knows how many miles you're exhausted so rest yep. and two just wait out the shark to go away but wouldn't yeah, wouldn't absolutely. wouldn't it be safer now because the shark has just killed has just Susie? Eaten, so it's That's not hungry true. anymore yeah yeah also true there's another another very deep drop before they have to get to I the next I feel like I'm rock. so like conflicted with like shark information from these movies that I won't know what to do. It's like do they <laughs> in the inevitable yeah. shark so encounter like, you're gonna do have. Do I leave it? Do I go now? Yeah. You let us know. <laughs> So yeah, they decide, uh, all right, let's get to another little reef rock. And I've got to be, I mean, they do the great movie logic of this island just gets further and further away <laughs> the more they swim towards it. It's like a nightmare, <laughs> yeah. And then she realizes, yeah, she trod on one of the reefs, her foot's bleeding, so he bandages it up and, he's, and they say that they love each other. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, I missed to say that. Chomp two. Susie was chomp two. She was chomp two. And with an unconfirmed chomp three happening at, potentially at the same time, we don't know. <laughs> yeah. And then they start swimming. There's a weird scene where they go, all right, let's go for it. So they start swimming and you can see what they're swimming towards and it's open water. <laughs> it's very straight. The island just disappears for two shots. You're like, what? where are they going? <laughs> and then it just magically reappears. But yeah, there's a really cool shot of them swimming like in a wide and then we linger after they swim past the camera and you see the shark like coming up behind mm. them. And it's mm. really fucking cool. But yeah, her bandage comes off. There's blood in the water uh, and we get a fucking cool scene with the sharky here. To really, I, th- I mean, I do think they saved it. Yeah, one of the best ones for last. Um, getting like how they're doing these composite shots and stuff, it just so good. Oh, it's really cool. Yeah, and then she reaches the island, but she can't get her grip to climb up onto it because it's all slippy. So she tries. I love this. She's like, she's barely on it, and he's like, "Pull me up, pull me up!" Like this is not going to work out well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and she tries to pull him up, but of course he gets got. And then they do the customary. Also, when someone's been dragged under the ocean, you have to scream their name. Yeah, because that's going to help. She brings um, back her shocked face that you love so much, Ali. It's really good. I, I was looking yep. at my notes, and I was like, uh-huh. "School of Fish eating Susie bits." I couldn't remember what that was, and then I remembered. Yeah, there's like chunks before when Susie was attacked. Yeah. There's bits oh, yeah. of her floating, and School of Fish <laughs> are like eating all the floaty bits. Well, yeah, and then she's hanging out on this on this rock, and then that's it. And then credits come up, and it says Warren and the boat. Were never found because he's off because he's made somewhere. up. Like, yeah. did you like? I was genuinely like Luke dying was the most nailed on thing for this entire yeah. movie because he's like the savior. The throughout, he's yeah. like a Buddhist it's a horror film, so they need the final girl. It's like you're gonna sacrifice yourself if I've never been anything so sure of anything in my life. But I, I still <laughs> find his death a bit like he was like, pull me up, pull me up, for fuck's sake, pull me up. You know, mm-hmm. I, like he seems genuinely desperate. 
Right? Yeah. I thought he would like sacrifice himself in some sort of like n- noble kind of heroic gesture. Yeah, it's like I'll swim the opposite direction. Yeah, exactly. I was convinced that was going to happen, but no, he died. Just like he, he must have been thinking as he died, like for fuck's sake, kid, could you not have just fucking lifted me up? You know, mm. fuck's sake. I was I was genuinely a bit disappointed. I, she was only half into that relationship anyway. True. Um, <laughs> and yeah, as the credits tell us, she was found the next day and taken to hospital. All right. Do you want to hear some real life stuff? Yes. Don't we? So, yeah, the, the boat that they were on was a 40-meter prawn trawler um, that capsized in the middle of the night and sank in heavy seas. And there were three people in the water. Ray Boundy, who's 28, his deckhand, Dennis Murphy, 24, and the cook... Linda Ann Horton. Now, I was reading one article or one review about this film where this reviewer questioned the sort of ethics of this film because they used real life quotes from some of the the actual victims as recounted by the sole survivor, including the he got my leg, he got my leg and um, the tagline. What's the tagline? Pray you drown first. And yeah. And Boundy, the guy that survived, spoke about feeling re-traumatized by the events of this movie. Yeah. So, yeah, so they, they were, it was just in Northern Australia, just off Townsville. So this is, my dad, yeah, remember telling me this story when he was a kid because my family were living on a boat in the Barrier Reef at that time when this happened. And so he heard oh, the wow. story firsthand about, yeah, this crew that were trying to reach a reef because a shark kept coming back. So I'll read you some of Boundy's recounting of what happened. So yeah, the boat capsized. He said the decky, Murphy was on deck and jumped straight into the water. But Lindy and I were caught in the wheelhouse. We all ended up sitting on top of the upturned hull, which is what is in the movie, wondering what we were going to do. Um, They clung to the wreckage, which included a a surfboard, a life ring and pieces of styrofoam from shrimp boxes as the trawler sank. And so that was on a Sunday night, I think I understand. Boundy said that the shark approached Monday night. We weren't taking much notice of him, thinking that if we didn't antagonize him, he might leave us alone. He took a bite at my leg under the surfboard, so I kicked him with my other foot and he let go. But about 10 minutes later, the shark struck. He's got my leg. The bastard's got my leg. Boundy quoted Murphy as screaming. You're joking, I said, but then I could see the blood coming. Uh, I didn't know what to do. We'd been hanging out together so well for so long, pushed ourselves so hard. Because I think they were about 60 miles. Wait, where does it say? They were far. Wow. They were, were they just floating, waiting for someone to come by, or were they swimming somewhere? No, they were swimming for the reef. Oh, oh right, right. You said um, Yeah, we pushed ourselves so hard, I just didn't know how to deal with it because we had no dinghy. We had nothing to use as a tourniquet, even if we stopped the bleeding. Oh. The shark was still going to come back, and I just didn't know what to do. The shark came back and I said to Smurf, Murphy, what do you want to do? And he said, you bolt, gather in all the stuff, leave me. And he swam off about four or five paces, Boundy said in an emotion choked voice. And then he said, everything seemed to be going all right for a couple of hours. I got Lindy to get her spirits back up and we seemed to be traveling along all right. And I knew we'd get to the reef sometime in the morning. At about 4 a.m., the shark struck again. Lindy was sitting in the sling of the life buoy or life buoy, as you might say here, when I saw him coming along again. I was pretty sure he was the same shark this time. He came along as slow as you like beside me, then slewed around and grabbed Lindy around the arms and the chest. 
I was still holding her by the hand as he shook her about three or four times. She only let out one little squeal as soon as it hit, and I knew almost instantly that she was dead. Yeah, and they they think that the shark was a yeah sixteen and a half foot tiger shark. Yeah, and that's mm. that's the story. And he Whoa. survived, and he was able to reach the reef and um, was rescued. And he'd been out in the sea for thirty six hours. Fuck. So yeah, pretty pretty. Yep, horrific grim. events yeah. and I can understand this review that I found about sort of questioning yeah the ethics of that as far as did they consult Ray Boundy at all mm-hmm. get his permission to, to like pull his quotes or whatever and you know so yeah it sounded like it was um, this movie was very like traumatic for him yeah. and quite quite different I mean that's the thing yeah I mean we don't need to get into here because it's a bigger conversation and I have quite strong controversial feelings on that that most people don't agree with me on but I yeah I have ethical problems with most true stories that are turned into horror entertainment in any format whatsoever no matter one that changes the story as much as this does while still yeah pertaining but including captions saying yeah yeah like that that stuff I find as if they're fact you don't just make the movie and you can say inspired by it or something yeah. you know you don't need to fucking go based on a true story underneath your fucking title and then like, end it with another yeah quote-unquote fact because this is the thing i gotta say right now it's a good enough movie you know you don't need to you don't need to do that shit yeah Mm. well yeah the film opened in Cannes in may 2010 it went to sitges it had like a pretty good festival run there's not much honestly to say about it obviously it made like decent money it is kind of surprising it didn't get sequels but i guess they kind of hemmed themselves in by saying it was based on a true story but then open water said they're based on true story and they kept pretending no sequels to that so did they uh break even al on that 35 mil yeah, that's what I'm saying. It made 125 million. Oh, worldwide. shit. All right. Yeah, yeah. So the director writer, just a few things that he said that he wanted to do. He's like, I want to give the audience a tense, thrilling adrenaline ride. I strongly believe that the best way to achieve this is by using suggestion rather than revelation. The real fear in this story isn't a menacing shark, but wondering where that shark might be. In other words, like in life, the fear intention in the reef will come from the unknown and the uncertainty. Uh, he also said shark and shark attacks are a huge part of the Australian culture and how the rest of the world perceives us. It's not uncommon to hear of friends or relatives that arrive from overseas but are too scared to enter the ocean because they believe they'll be taken by a shark. Mention sharks at a party and everyone will have a story or a take on them. Indeed, if you can believe the website digital or search engine Google, sharks are one of the most searched terms in Google for Australia. The animal is synonymous with our country and yet Australians have never made a feature film about them. The Americans took one of our stories and turned it into a very successful film called Open Water. And for Jaws, they came to Australia to get their shark footage. But here in Australia, we've never made a feature film about one of our most notorious cultural ambassadors. Well, that's now going to change. Let's let's paint them as (laughs) man-eaters. All right, there we go, the reef. Let's see how we feel, and then we'll have a little bit of a tease for next week. Let's kick off with Alex. Yeah, you know what? I after Jaws three and uh, the Revenge, this was a welcome shift for me that I that I appreciated going back into territory that was more about building tension and and some scares and felt more grounded, I guess, in a way uh, to, to sort of uh, as far as the the realities of, of shark behavior and interaction and 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 I appreciated that. I think once it sort of overcame the sluggish start, 
which which I didn't enjoy the you know and you you touched on this how the sort of melodramatic acting and writing and 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 it and it set up that simple premise of we have to swim to land it's 12 miles away once it set that up and had them in the water I I was I was in 100% I I I really enjoyed yeah, the the sort of repeated use and, and and building of tension of just him peering underwater and the vastness of the ocean, and the integration of real shark footage was was excellent and was a real big surprise for me because, yeah, as I said earlier, it, there was a point where before we were seeing the shark, where I was getting very nervous as to what this shark would look like. Would it be CGI? Would it be some shitty animatronic? That made me very nervous because because of how sort of sluggish and poor the start was, just a bunk between the characters. I thought, fuck, if they if they fuck up the shark, then this movie's gonna sink. It's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be really shit. But fortunately they didn't do that and and it really worked. And and in some ways I had written in my notes that I didn't necessarily care about the characters on a sort of personal individual kind of level but i but i cared enough about their bond as a group and their mission just to get to land that i felt their tension and the tension of like them sort of losing members as they went and and it, that felt important to me like that the sort of feeling of the group needing to reach the island so yeah for me it, it was all about that that moment that that simple premise was set up and that they kind of made that journey and that the way that it was directed with the real life footage and and the, the that I became hooked into it and, and enjoyed it and enjoyed the sort of builds and the tension. Yeah, there were moments where I definitely felt that it felt on the lower end of like as far as its budget. So I'm I'm still blown away that that's a thirty five million dollar film. Really blown away because yeah, it felt it did feel so low budget and found footagey, which I liked. I liked that kind of, that tone. But it just makes me wonder where that money went. I mean, maybe it was capturing the shark footage. I don't know. Because it didn't go to the actors. Yeah, I was wondering Honestly, the same no, thing or if there's some sort of like expensive licensing that you need shooting sure, in yeah. waters yeah, with yeah. like potentially endangered creatures. Oh, yeah, that, for sure. Because I mean, just, that, just, that just baffles me. I've checked it like five times on different sites. Like it's possible. Like can we all see wrong. your budget breakdown? <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's just unfathomable that this costs that much money. Maybe the yeah. first boat, yeah. like once it had capsized, sank too quickly, and they had to go and get an entire different boat. And yeah, they didn't get the shot, so well. they had to get yeah. another. Boat. Yeah, maybe like there was originally an hour at night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, overall, I I actually yeah really really enjoyed this film. I would definitely recommend it or put it on a, a list of shark films to recommend to people. I think it, you know, it, 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 it builds good tension once, once you sort of overcome that, that first little act, I guess. And it's just a very clear, simple, simple premise. So yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this film. It was, it was definitely a nice, a nice, uh, like I said, a nice switch after Jaws 3 and The Revenge. <laughs> uh, next up, let's go with the thoughts of Thomas McCann. Yeah, kind of similar to what Alex was saying. It's a, I thought it was a solid, effective little indie horror movie. I think that they make 
they do a lot with a. I did. I sort of thought they do a lot with a little, but it turns out it wasn't little in terms of thirty-five million. <laughs> but like in terms of you know, it it's pretty much more or less one location, give or take. And yeah, using the, the footage, the shark footage, they really stretch it, and you know, it goes a long way. Whatever the footage they have, they 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 use it really effectively. From you know, just that simple shot of the shark circling them you know, stock footage of a shark or whatever, it's just, it's used to maximum effectiveness to sort of really amp up that creepiness and constantly build that tension of them having to check on it and stuff. And what I liked is they give the shark a sense of creepiness in how it stalks them rather, because yeah, having watched Jaws, the sharks in Jaws is just like this kind of bulldozer. It's just this big fucking monster. Whereas this shark's kind of creepy and it's kind of circling around them. It was a kind of nice little flavor but then can also have the full-on attack as well. And I like that kind of dynamic throughout. And yeah, like, you know, as I said earlier, like the murk of the water is a kind of recurring sort of nice device throughout to kind of play with this, um, how it, how it, play with how it's stalking them and building tension and then it attacks. It's just that constant idea of it's there, but it's not there and where is it and that kind of stuff. I just thought it was just that sort of thread runs throughout the movie once the you know once they get in the water. Um, I thought it was really effective the way they did it, and they built it up really well, along with the score, which again I thought was well. And yeah, I mean, I thought the characters. Yeah, I mean, you know, it wasn't anything amazing. It wasn't you know, it wasn't Jaws, but I thought for the most part the characters are inoffensive. They're likable. They're fairly well played. And um, and the thing is like. When with these sorts of movies, you know, with these sort of setup situational movies, where you know, here's these characters, here's the setup, away you go. Like, yeah, they fall into these stereotypes of like, there's gonna be a dick, there's gonna be absolutely hysterical person, you know, like these sorts of things. And I was expecting that, and it kept not really doing that. You know, it doesn't fall into those traps. You know, it doesn't go into the open water. You know, this movie's basically a relationship drama between the couple. Didn't really go into that. No one was really a dick. You know, Susie kind of freaks out, but not like to the point where, you know, like the woman on the on the bus in Speed, you know, where it's just like, gosh, you know, this is unrealistic. Um, so I thought I'd avoided those pitfalls. That is a reference and a half, my friend. I, it's just, it just came to me. There's, there's, many, there's <laughs> many of them. Um, but, you know, it avoided those kind of pitfalls that I was expecting. So I guess that kind of made me warm to it even more. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, you're not doing what I expected you to do. Yeah, and, and like for these sorts of movies, you know, you can get bored really quickly, but I thought it was well paced and it fills out the ninety minutes really well. Like once it once they got in the water, I never felt bored. Yeah, and thought it had a really bleak ending, which gets the thumbs up from me. <laughs> although, although I do <laughs> think it should have ended. True with her to real screaming. life, Tom. Yeah, it should have ended with her screaming on the rock. It should have faded to black. But yeah, minor. Just like pull back yeah, it's, no! yeah, but other than that, yeah. Just holding his sausage. (laughs) (laughs) Or it should have like panned, it zoomed out, and there was just like 20 sharks circling (laughs) the island. Yeah. Jaws breaching the water, roaring at a... Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Or there's just like a tornado coming in the distance. All the good stuff. Enter Sharknado. (laughs) Yeah. Allie. I agree. I enjoyed this movie. I think there's good things and bad things about it. The bad being that the drama aspects of this between characters is really poorly written. The dialogue is just like really predictable, really cheesy and gag worthy, but it's thankfully doesn't take up that much 
time in the film. It's more so at the beginning and then you randomly get like at the end of the movie as soon as she's like, I love you, Luke. I rolled my eyes again, but it's it's not overbearing. So it was I could handle it. But I think. Al, you touched on assuming I would be happy that the shark is acting the way we is fairly realistic for a shark to act. But I also appreciated that the humans in the movie are acting the same, the same way that I would assume like uh, different types of personalities would. So anytime that I was, I was similar to Tom in that I'm just expecting them to be stupid and not make logical decisions. And as soon as the shark would come around, I was like immediately ready to yell, put your fucking goggles on. But he was already putting his goggles on to look underwater. So it was like from the get go, yes. when you immediately are in that fight or flight debate with them, trying to figure out what you would do, all the way through the end to seeing how they react to the shark coming back, I think it's all really realistic. Can you imagine the script of this? Like how many times it's like he puts his goggles on? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you fucking better hammer that home because that's what you should be doing. But no, I was I was really pleasantly surprised with all of those behaviors and choices. I love how much Tom loves Luke. I wasn't thinking any of these things, but I love this little affair that you've Tom likes a man him. who's in control. I, 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 it wasn't even that I liked him. I, just, I mean, I thought it was kind of unbelievable. Like, as a, like he was, like he's, yeah, it, in a way it's a criticism because he's so not human in the way yeah. he responds, you know? Um, I just thought it was fascinating that this guy exists. I mean, this is the, this is the question, Tom. Would you give him a sausage? Absolutely. Again, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. 100%. Um, <laughs> if, he, if he saved me from the shark successfully, if he pushed me up onto I a rock and then would. sacrificed himself to get me up onto the rock. You know. I think we've witnessed percentage-wise he's more likely to not save you from the shark. Well, you've, yeah. One person gets out true. from four, from five people. True. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. <laughs> yeah. Before we watched this, so Sean did not watch this with me because he was scared that he, from the trailer, this looks like it it could legitimately be scary. And Sean does not like scary movies, but he could handle the Jaws movies. And I actually think it's not, I mean, it builds tension very well, but it's not, it doesn't really tackle any of like the horror gimmicks either. There's not really jump scares the way you would find in a normal horror movie. And again, that comes with like realistic behavior. So I think it's he would have actually been fine. I think if there's any other people who don't really like horror movies, but for some reason you like Jaws, like this, you could totally watch this. But I think, do you think that this would make you more scared to go in the water? I mean, maybe because it's more realistic, but it also, I mean, yeah, it's not a documentary and it's telling one specific story. So it's, it Mm. doesn't touch on the fact that this is a very rare occurrence, but I don't think it should be, accountable for that it's not, not that's Australia. not the story that it's telling but i also i love that they all the footage is of a real shark for all the reasons everybody's already described i would love to see videos of the filmmakers talking about one how they did that two if the actors are professional divers if they had to have professional divers with them three how they got the shots slash was it actually a shark of those, I think it happens twice in the movie where it swims super close to them. I would love to know how they did that. If it was an actual shark, if they had like a fake fin, but mm-hmm. all the shots of the full body were real. 
I tried YouTubing it, and the only video I found was a French video with no English yeah, subtitles. Yeah, half an hour French video. <laughs> yeah, but you can still see some of the stuff there. I might be completely making this up. Unfortunately, like I don't, I have the Blu-ray of this, and I didn't have it in house, and I didn't order the version I ordered didn't turn up again because I ordered a new one. Hmm. Um, so I had to just watch the digital version. But like I remember very vividly watching a making of of how they did the stuff and being so surprised with the way they did the real stuff and the compositing stuff and just how smart they were with that. Hmm. Um, I'm scanning through this now, and you can definitely see how they're getting this footage of the Great White and stuff. The um, French video. Yeah, yeah. So you might okay, understand. So I'll just watch it and not. There's bits it there. I don't think they're getting into the post of how they composite it, but you definitely see them luring in the great whites to get those shots and stuff like that. Hmm. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, I, I enjoyed this movie. I would recommend it, and I would happily watch it again with someone. Well, yeah, I mean, I think we're all on roughly the same page, just in slightly different iterations. Like, my memory of this was this is one of the best shark movies ever made. It's a low threshold. Like... <laughs> the thing is, people think there are, there are all these shark movies, and there are quite a lot of like sci-fi, you know, S Y F Y, you know, level sci-fi mo- uh, shark movies and Sharknado movies, and you know, all of the Ghost Shark and all of the fucking weird, Dick shark. really trash. Yeah, Dick Shark. But in terms of like actual ones that come out in the cinema or have an actual, you know, a made, I won't say properly, but you know what I mean, like an actual real shark movie. We've talked about them. There's very very few, and most of them are bad. I mean, almost all of them are bad. It's just yeah, about, most can of them lean into monster movie more so than realistic shark. Oh, movie. they all do, basically. I mean, this and this is what I'm going to say right now. This is the most important shark movie I think that has maybe ever been made outside of Jaws because, yes, it shows here's how you can get tension while also staying respectful to this is the reality of what. And sure. I don't know if that fucking shark is going to like track them down to that final little swim they're going well, to do. Well, that's at the, the end island. when they're like, I think it's the same shark. My first thought is like, I mean, does it matter? It doesn't matter. No. There's a shark <laughs> nearby. And also it's like, that was the only bit where I'm like, okay, really? It's like track them all night, track them to this place. It's waiting for them. Like that was the only bit. Well, she's seen but, Jaws the Revenge. She knows how vindictive yeah. sharks are. <laughs> I feel like they just include that detail just probably because that guy in the interview said he convinced himself it was the same shark. So they're like, oh, we should throw that in there. But that's the thing. Like when you have all this footage of the shark getting close to the legs and looking bashful like great whites do and looking a little scared of the humans as great whites do and then deciding to take a nibble just to see what they are. Right. It's still terrifying. And the reason why it's terrifying is because you can imagine yourself in that situation. And yeah, I think and there's very so little much you the, can do. Exactly. And so much of the power of this film, which is by design, but is just you being able to imagine, what the fuck would I do? Would I stay on the boat? Would I swim? If I'm swimming and it gets to nighttime, how the fuck, would, you know, what would I do? If like, if, you know, the floaty floats away, would you go and get it? Like if the shark is getting nearby, how are you going to protect yourself? And it's frustrating to me, yes, that I don't have those conversations. I think that's a very necessary scene here. Mm. But the actual attacks uh, look fantastic. And yes, they put you like right in that mindset. So I find it very, I find it very scary. I find it much more scary than almost any other shark film because I'm imagining the reality because I can imagine the reality. I can't imagine that reality in Jaws. Even in Jaws, I can't because it's so monstery still, you know. Um, but yeah, like every time I come back to this movie, always for that first half an hour, I'm like, why did I like this? This is terrible. Like it's fucking terrible. And I can't overset that enough. I think the beginning, I think I dislike the beginning more than any of you combined. Like, I think it's so bad. <laughs> and yeah, but once you're into it, I think Tom used the right word, inoffensive. <laughs> but that's not that's not good enough damning for me. with faint <laughs> like, praise 
Yeah, I don't want inoffensive <laughs> characters. I want characters I really give a shit about. Yeah. But yeah, I do. I do appreciate that they're never annoying, at least. Um, and that's I a mean, huge achievement. I was a little annoyed by Susie, but <laughs> a little. But yeah, as Tom says, normally she would be so over the top, yeah. you'd want to drown her. You know. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I still really enjoy this movie. We'll get into it in the wrap up because I am revisiting all of these major shark movies. So I'm actually in the wrap up going to do the shark. You know, we'll skip, we'll rank them all. I'm going to rank all uh, the shark. Are movies. we ranking these into the the Jaws films for fun? Um, yeah, <laughs> like the official thing will just be we're ranking obviously the four Jaws. Yeah, and then just for fun, just that, because like why would you put these into this? Uh, yeah. But I I will for my fun one rank all of the main major shark movies because I'm just rewatching them. So so anything you do watch, feel free to throw in there just so people know. But this is the thing that I'm just as I'm going back to them, I, like I rewatch Bait afterwards because that was also an Australian one which had a smaller budget but looks much bigger budget. Mm. It's so strange, mm. so strange. And yeah, and, and just that realization of like, they're, they're all bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're all bad. So it's so refreshing with something like the reef of like, well, at least a lot of it's good, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I really like it. I like it. Um, next week, we're changing gears a lot. We're going to $150 million wow. <laughs> for the movie Woo-hoo! next week. The most expensive shark movie of all time by quite some margin, um, by many, many times probably. Uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about The Meg from just a couple of years ago, 2018. Directed from the director of National Treasure and While You Were Sleeping. <laughs> Remember that movie? Yep. <laughs> wow. Also, Cool Runnings. Oh, wow. There you go. We'll be chatting about that. Uh, three of us out of the four of us have apparently read the book, which I did not expect <laughs> <laughs> at all. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. Until then, though, please, yeah, do go and subscribe and rate. It helps us out a whole damn bunch. Uh, we are going to be in our wrap-up in a couple of weeks explaining what we're doing with this podcast because we might be shuffling things up a little bit. We're going to have some meetings and decide that. But, yeah, we could have some things that make things a little bit more exciting or maybe less exciting because I think, honestly, Alex, people are just waiting for us to get to the Leprechaun movies. <laughs> oh, and the more yeah. we put that on, obviously, yeah. the more upset. <laughs> I don't know if you're here for that, Tom, but yeah, Alex wants the Leprechaun, but only when we're in person, he doesn't want to watch them. I've never, I don't think, I think I've maybe seen the first Leprechaun movie and then never watched any other. As an Irish person, I feel like it just, it's an offensive <laughs> step too far for me to watch those movies, but it seems yeah, like I mean, a perfect yeah. opportunity. Yeah. I think it's a say, perfect opportunity. You probably you raised a good point. I think we need an Irish person on that show when we do do <laughs> yeah, it. Just, just for like you know, like histor- like accuracy of like, lepre- yeah. like real life leprechauns that we deal with back you can in fill us in and all. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Also based on a true story. Yeah, exactly. the, the leprechaun <laughs> franchise. You're more likely to get um, killed by a beast thing than a leprechaun. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, But yeah, until next Friday, we are out, geeks. Geeks. Geeks.